Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. It's that time. We have the people. This is Eric from Moana. This is Priscilla Lima. This is Casey Patterson. The story in real time. We're a much better team now than we were then. I'm not looking at just this year. I'm looking at the next four years. You're listening to The Net Line with Barney. You didn't win, so you must not have done a good job. And DJ Ruscha. I have a great thighs. It's The Net Live right now. <laughs> Boom, slam, pow! It's like Batman, the old Batman, Jeremy, not the new cool Batman. The Net Live, 18th of February, 2014, year six, boys and girls. Year six. We'll see how it all works out if there is a year seven. I don't know. What's the expiration date on the Net Live? Isn't seven a lucky number? Shouldn't we make it at least that far? <laughs> yeah, we make it there, then we're done. I guess if we're going by numerology, we'd have to make it to 13 years, and then we could quit. <laughs> then we could claim numerology for our demise. 13 is uh, one of my lucky numbers, so Welcome if I'm th- here in 13 years, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Net Live, ladies and gentlemen. Kevin Barnett, DJ Roche. You can hear both of us here in the home court, as per usual. And welcome back, week two, Katie Charles. You survived Vegas, barely. You made it. Well, the Juniors world has not killed you in one week. Well, it got darn close, but we're doing all right right now. I'm impressed with your fortitude. Hey, welcome into the Net Live, and uh, we have College Ball Weekly, Weekly planned for you this Did he week. Did say fortitude? Okay. Fortitude. And I'm impressed with your fortitude. We will have Jay and Robbie checking in. Another good week of collegiate volleyball. Lots of fun. I did a couple of matches that were entertaining. And uh, I normally speak to all the coaches. Didn't this past week? <laughs> this didn't happen because and you just couldn't. You weren't. You didn't. Somebody's still avoiding me. Somebody still has. Wonder who that could be. Somebody still's a little guy. upset, and that happens. You know, if you don't do your job right, and somebody says you didn't do your job right, and you get all upset about it. I guess you uh, you take a while to get over it. So. But Kevin, if everybody likes you, you're doing something wrong. Well, you guys had a good point. Reed had a good point. He said, did you go right to him and ask him, what, what's the matter? Yeah, did you try to, what's the word I'm looking for here? Did we attempt to bury the hatchet? Or yeah. Are we really on that? yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you Are know, you trying to be the bigger man? I'm just leaving it be for a little while. I'm letting it sit. Let it simmer? Here's the question. How long has it been? Since the end of the Olympics. So. Alan, so for those that don't know, this is uh, we're talking about Alan Knipe, <laughs> head coach at Long years. Beach State University, yeah, now some time. now former head coach of the national team. I've done two of his matches in the last two years, attempted to contact Alan, waited by the bench, talked to his other coaches, all that stuff. Alan has deliberately avoided me. According to you, we haven't well, heard his side of the story. That's true. That is, that's accurate. 
And, uh, well, if I reach out to you and you don't respond, and then I come to your match and you go sit in the stands while I talk to your coaches, and then today or this last time when I'm talking to your coaches, you go to the other side of the, of the court. Then when I walk across the court, you go around the court the other way. That, that could be seen yeah. as avoidance. Seems like avoidance. It's avoidance. It's okay. I'm all right with it. Uh, I understand. I, you know, I, the question of, hey, what's your problem? It's not the way to go. Probably not the best way to start a, uh, a good dialogue. You could probably word that a little better. Well, you know, I, I know what it relates to. I held onto my tongue for two years plus when it came to that team and the performance of that team. When it came to game time, the Olympic Games, mm-hmm. got lucky. Team played well. A couple of guys played extremely well. Mm-hmm. I was critical of what had gone on. I was critical of some roster decisions. I was critical of several things. And then on this show, I was critical again after the Olympic Games of the whole four years. Correct. So that's my assessment. That's what I get paid to do, and that's what my opinion is of what happened. Mm -hmm. I think the numbers bear out my opinion. If you disagree with my opinion, okay, tell me why I'm wrong. Yep. And and we can talk about it. Yeah. If you think you did a good job, show me the numbers. If you have the numbers to back that up, I will change my opinion, and I will say so. Well, the one thing is, it's, it's your opinion. So right. whether they agree with you or not doesn't really matter that much. But usually the numbers back up what I have to say about indoor volleyball. You didn't I'm, win, so you must not have done a good job. Exactly. I'm out there looking at it every day, and if, if you are doing well, I will give it to you. If I make a mistake on this show, those that remember year one, I think it was year one. Those that remember year one, I made a big mistake on this show, and I ate crow for it. I don't remember because I wasn't listening. It was with Karch. Yeah, it was with Karch. But I think you guys, he's been on the show. You guys are fine well, we're, now. We're cool now. There yeah. were a couple of little things he back and forth. But look, he likes me way better than you, but that's fine. My initial, my, the initial thing I said was wrong. Yeah, and you admit it. That's fine. So if I was wrong in this case, which I don't think I am, <laughs> I would say so. But anyway, so we don't talk. This no, is what happens when you have, a, especially when you have a sport that's not used to a lot of talk about it. Well, we've talked about that before, that, this sport has a hard time taking criticism. And a lot of people in the sport have a hard time taking criticism because they don't get it that often. Where if you look at ESPN and they're crushing football players, basketball players on a daily right. basis, those guys have to have thick skin. But, you know, you get used to it doesn't mean they like it any better. And I've had this discussion with people in other small sports. And part of the issue, they say, well, how, how come these guys are so touchy and these other guys aren't? Yeah. I'll bet those guys, other guys in those sports, football, basketball, baseball, are still touchy. Of course. But the problem for them is their league is bigger than them, and their media entities, whether it be ESPN, ABC, NBC, whoever it is that's covering them, those are bigger entities than even the league in most cases, maybe excluding the NFL. But those media entities have power. ESPN and Jay Billis, they're not scared of the NCAA. No, Jay Bellis crushes them at constant basis, more, right. than, more than you do. Because he has ESPN to back him up, which is bigger, Correct. in my mind, than the NCAA. Correct. They have more clout, more power, more, more, what's the right word, popular culture power than does the NCAA. There's no people tuning into NCAA TV as opposed to ESPN. Right. ESPN's the juggernaut. Yeah. So Jay has that backup. So those people have to, do, have to put up with Jay, whether they like his opinion or not. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, on this show, we like to talk about this sport, which nobody else does. We're the only people doing it on a regular basis, sitting around talking about this sport. And I like to think that what we talk about it is, is an informed opinion. 
I was sitting at a party on Friday night with some folks, some volleyball people, very much volleyball people. Yeah. And they play in the motherload. They play in regional tournaments. They go to nationals. They've played on the beach tournaments all the time, A's and B's and W's. These are volleyball people. They're fans as well as, as participants. Yeah. And we're talking and talking and talking. And, and, and I'll get talking because that's my job. But Shocker. I don't feel like there's an intersection like us anywhere else except on this show. Correct. Where we have talked to, it, when it t- comes to discussion of the, the beach as a whole, yep. we were having the discussion about the beach and business and so on, stuff we've done on this show before. I said, look, I've talked to, in person on this program, Billy Berger, Donald Sun, Leonard Armato, James Lights, James Lights, Nick Lewin, uh, how many players, nearly every player. Yep. If you haven't been on the show, contact us, thenetlive at gmail.com or facebook.com slash thenetlive. We'd love to have you on. Correct. Um, we've talked to everybody that, that's been involved in this thing. We've had Sinjin on here. It gave us some of the history. Great episode, by the way. We had Sinjin Smith on here to, to give us a three and a half the hour long episode. View. We've had Tom Fuhrer on here just a couple of weeks ago to talk about TV and the history of the sport. We've had people on here that were there. Chris Marlowe. Paul Sunderland, mm-hmm. people that, that lived it at these different times, that owned it, that played on it, that managed it. Uh, Jason Hodell, yep. Mike Dodd. We've had all these people on this program. We've heard from all of them. So I feel like our opinions that we come up with on this show are about as informed as you can get in the sport. Doug Beal, we've had Doug Beal on the program a half a dozen times yeah. or more. And we're not saying things just to say it either. I feel like when I don't feel... I am in a place to give an opinion on something because I don't know enough about it. I say that. But then yeah. when I do give an opinion, I feel like I've been around long enough and seen enough that my opinion should be my opinion should be respected. Whether it's agreed with or not is a totally different thing. And sometimes you get a 10-cent opinion. And we'll say that sometimes. Look, we don't know what's happening here, but yeah, here's my outward impression of what's going on in the situation. Well, that's probably good for the sport overall because sometimes we live in our bubble. Of course. We don't see what happens outside around us and what, how people view us just in general because we live in it. And it's better to have that. Sometimes that impression is better than any kind of facts. Like what do people think of us versus what's yeah. really happening? Yep. How about college coaches? Do you guys feel that from, from the local media in places? I think it kind of depends on how invested the community is around the program. Hmm. Like there's some schools where there's tons of stuff asked of the head coaches. Like if you look, Kevin Hambly at the University of Illinois is like, you know, they're doing a chef competition. He's big news anytime something happens in Illinois because they're really backing their volleyball program. Um, I don't know that it's as much like, I mean, UCLA and USC are well known, but I don't think there's as much media scrutiny on their volleyball programs because you're in this market here where it's not a big fish. So it really just depends on how important it is to the community that that school's been. Like, for a lot of the smaller schools, I mean, there's a couple places where there's rabid followings where it's big. If you look at, like, Calvin College or Hope College up in uh, Michigan, those community and the way they handle volleyball at those two small schools, it's huge news. Mm -hmm. There's a couple places like that where the smaller the market and the bigger and more successful the volleyball programs, more scrutiny is put on it. They stand out more. Yeah, for sure. So those people may be used to a little more attention, both positive and negative. Mm -hmm. I think this community, not so used to it as a whole, especially internationally, you sort of fade off into obscurity. Volleyball community as a whole. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm coming to understand some of the women that come to the women's national team with a little bit of tood about how big they are, don't criticize me because they've been built up 
by these big media machines at some of these schools because it is a big deal. Good for volleyball that it is. Yep. Penn State, huge deal, obviously, I mean, with all the success. But it's funny to me, sometimes you have programs that have huge success. They're still not a big deal. But those kids feel it for sure. The Nebraska's, the USC's. The UCLA's, the Well, and those Illinois, kids are going to be big on campus as well. So they're huge right. inside the bubble that they live in. So they may think they're a bigger deal than they necessarily are on a national scale. But oh. because that's the world you're living in right there, and it's totally understandable. A lot of that comes from leadership down, too. I mean, if you look at how the programs are handled by their coaching staff, how they're managed, like... So Jay Hasek is super cocky with his players. You betcha. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to appreciate that shout out. But if you look at, I think, the way the women are handled at Penn State versus the way they're handled at Nebraska, like Nebraska, it's it's like people bow down to that program, whereas Penn State is like part of the the athletics community. I think there's a difference in how they're handled, and I think there's a difference then in, one, the type of kid that's attracted to that kind of a program. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why you're seeing kind of that spread of talent, because kids want a different different experience when it comes to that. And they draw the kids that fit the programs. And that's just, I mean, you get a little quirkier kid at Penn State. You get definitely the SoCal lifestyle at the USC kids. Mm -hmm. They like, you know, the ambiance of what's around them. At the Stanford's, you're getting the super brainiacs. At Nebraska, you're getting, like, Midwest, the kid that's, you know, they love the the glitz and the glamour of being big time on campus on this level with a football team. You could throw quirky on Stanford, too. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, speaking of Penn State women. Salima Rockwell. Yep. Huge announcement this past week. It was rumored. I heard rumors the week before about this potential move. She is going back home to Penn State. Woo! Woo! Congratulations, Salima. We will endeavor to get Salima on here for our next program and talk to her about the decision uh, to move schools, to leave one big program, Texas, go back to Penn State. I believe she went from Penn State to Texas. Uh, five years ago now? Seven years ago? Mm-hmm. Something close to that. She's been in Texas for a while. How long is Tanya Johnson, how long was she at Georgia Tech? Because that's when the switch happened. We need some internet here. We need someone to look that up. <laughs> uh, but Salima Rockwell, congratulations on going back. And we hear that this is an associate head coach type position where she will eventually take over for Russ. So uh, really a nice selection, I think. Nice opportunity. Salima, of course, brought up for every head coaching position that's yeah. been open in the last Four years. Well, when you're that kind of quality human being, you're going to get brought up for everything. She's a great person. Quality human so. being. I like that. She's a Penn State alum, former national team member, played professionally, been coaching for a long time now, one of the most upbeat people you will meet in the sport. Uh, very, I, I think very good with the kids. It would seem, at least from the attitude that, that I know Salima to have, seems like she'd be fantastic with the kids. Had great results wherever she's gone. Look forward to her return to Happy Valley. Maybe she can office next to our own Jay Hasek and, and get him in line. Just yeah, smack him around. Pick it up, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Jay digging himself out for this week. He's had a lot of snow there in Happy Valley. And, yeah, I'm jealous of the snow. I won't lie. Really? Yeah, because I like snow. Every person that's in that snow right now is hating you. No, I, I don't mind shoveling. I don't mind snow blowing. I don't mind any of that stuff. I don't mind driving in it. Do you mind your kids in school till July? Probably not, actually. Yeah, Kevin's no. like, no, actually. Yeah, no. They can stay there all they That's want. That's a positive. Yeah, thanks for throwing that one on. Uh, no, I love snow. And yeah, if, if the kids stay home and they're in snow, you know what that means? They go out and they play in the snow all day. doesn't mean they're inside. Summer, they're just around. <laughs> but when it's like below zero, I'm not going outside. Uh, you send them out anyway. Uh, it's no. a hardier group of people out there, buddy. 
My... I just left it, so I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I have For... no inclination to ever go. What back do you mean? There. You were in Africa. I don't. What you... <laughs> okay. Friends of mine there, posted a video on Instagram of their two kids playing in the snow. One's rolling down the hill. The other one's just face down the snow, eating snow. And at the end of the video, she gets to her husband, my friend, and he's shoveling the driveway. And his body demeanor, he is so angry. I mean, he is just staring at her like, why are you putting me on video right now? Because I'm shoveling the driveway. He well, then so... he's a bitter, grumpy grouch. You, yeah. you realize that when you say they go out and play in the snow all day, last somewhere between 30 and 45 minutes, so they're freezing cold and inside whining, Yeah. in case you were wondering. Yeah, so I don't remember whining. You have about that. Kevin, I, I don't mind shoveling. For the, I don't. When you go <laughs> on a ski trip for a week, of course you don't mind it. And then until you I lived in it for 18 years. I don't um, mind shoveling snow. And then when I, the snowplow blocks off your driveway, and then you have to go back and reshovel everything because you can't get out of your house. And it's an opportunity to drift. I always thought that was good whenever it's snowing. I was driving to school. You go drifting through the parking lot. <laughs> that was always my favorite. <laughs> so congratulations, and uh, get yourself a snowblower, Salim Rockwell. Back to Penn State. Or have somebody else do it for you. <laughs> have somebody you else. You have to like, start your car 20 minutes before you would leave so the ice would melt off and then scrape. Yeah, that's a pain. Big garage. You need a garage. You have oh, to yeah. have a garage. True. If you have a garage, you're fine. Except you when you shovel the snow out of the way of your garage. <laughs> your garage. Except when you've had your car out, it snowed six inches while you were out, and you drive back in, and you drive your car into your garage, and it melts into your garage. That's always a good one. Uh, Jeremy, speaking of drifting... Yeah. Speaking of driving fast, oh, you were at Irwindale Speedway. Yes, I was. All I right. So tell it. me. It's been a couple of weeks. Oh, we had drink already. We had pictures. Oh, yeah, people are hammered. We had pictures posted. Teaser, or a teaser picture photos. Teaser photos posted. Yeah. All right. So if I had my phone, I'd show you the one that I had with my the helmet on, the whole gear on. How'd you end up in the fire suit with a non-face helmet? Inside of a car. First of all, did you notice I wore the Net Live shirt because I felt it I was did. very appropriate to wear that underneath <laughs> my racing gear. Um, so a couple years ago for my birthday, Nicole got me the you know driving experience. And when I say a couple years ago, that's no lie. So I could have gone any time, but I wanted to go on a weekend so she could go. And she's like, I want to watch. Yeah. I was like, all right. I don't have free weekends a lot. Right. So I may have forgot about it for a little while. And then I don't know what made us both think about what we're talking about. Finally set it up. It was like 8 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday a few weeks ago. So I was like, yes, I'm in. Let's do this. So we get there, they have four cars on the track at a time. It's an eighth of a mile. So it's really just basically an oval. The straightaways, it's small. Yeah, it's small. The straightaways aren't it's like very a, long. It's but, like a dirt car track. Yeah, but yeah. it's probably better that they weren't that long, so then you wouldn't wreck into the wall. Um, <laughs> Turning's fun. <laughs> yes, but that was my major concern. Just don't put it into the wall. <laughs> Not that I was going fast enough to really put it into the wall anyways, but anyways. So four cars on the track controlled passing. One of the only tracks in the United States you're allowed to pass when you do something like this. Oh, I love it. So, I'm on headset. I have, I have earplugs in so I can hear them talking to me. Uh-huh. I can't talk back to them. So, they're talking to me. So, they'll let me know when to pass. So, they'll tell the car in front of you to go down and then they'll, let, they'll tell you to go around. And if, okay. you do anything, if you do anything that they tell you not to do, they, you're done. They pull like, you off. Your day is over. Um, so, I get out there driving it's like 20 laps you get x amount at the beginning under yellow to like get used to the car and stuff like that and then one of the cars had an issue i think with their headset so they pulled down to the middle so i had more practice laps which was great so then we start you know i'm getting comfortable in the car and i'm not going very fast at first and they tell me to pull down because somebody's passing me and i was not thrilled at all whatsoever the thing on the right the rectangular pedal that's the gas yes i I've never touched the brake Never touched it. Which means you weren't going fast enough down the straightaway. Well, 
It just means like <laughs> they wanted you to roll off it when you go when you go into the turn. Right. Not there's no gas. Right. So yeah, you got to roll out. Roll yeah, on. Exactly. yeah, You're not really using the gas on an oval. Um, or the brake on an oval. I mean. But after I got past that one time, I proceeded to pass. I oh, never, you got I a little ne- angry, I, didn't I never you? got passed again. Little, yeah. little, little I was red not, Jeremy. Little red Jeremy was not pleased <laughs> at all whatsoever. Um, I have no idea how fast I went because I had never looked at the speedometer. Oh, was, they don't give you a timesheet or anything? No, and I okay. me- I'm bummed because I meant to – I totally forgot to tell Nicole just to time some of my laps just to see how yeah. fast I I have no idea. That's the only thing I'm bummed about. I have no idea how fast I was going, and I have no idea how quickly I made like what my fastest lap was. Okay. Um, it was an amazing experience. And the funny thing is, because you're going left the whole time, basically, there was only one part of the window I really looked out. I never looked anywhere else except for one part of the window, because I'm looking down the track so I don't hit anybody. Because some of the cars, there was one person who wasn't very good, so you would come up on that person really quickly. <laughs> and so you'd have to let go of the gas, and then they would move down. It was a, it was a really cool experience. Um, they, and I don't know if they got into my head about it, but they mentioned, like, when you get in the car... Like some people get claustrophobic. Okay. Because like I'm, 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 get, I'm getting excited. I'm yeah. not getting claustrophobic. Like, I'm, I'm like, let's go. But like I'm strapped in there. Like I can't really move. Like I could have gotten out. I could have yeah. undone the seatbelt and gotten out of the car. Where like the Formula One cars, I don't think you can get out without help. They have to. You got to pull the wheel off. Yeah. You got to wedge yourself out. Um, and by the way, you might fit. I would never fit. I can't get my shoulders in an Indy car. Or no, there's no way you would car. fit in there. I don't yeah. fit in there. Um, Point of the story, I'm buff. Anyway. Yeah. So it was awesome. I mean, it was, again, like I said, I have no idea how fast I was going. Um, I did drift a little bit. Like, I took some of the turns a little bit too high. Like, they have Ooh. dotted lines around the curves or, like, keep it in the middle of the car. My first few, like, it took me about 10 to 12 laps to really get comfortable. And then after that, I was, it was awesome. That's awesome. It was, it was and then just thinking about, so I'm out there with four cars. Yeah. And thinking about them doing it with, let's say, ten cars on that small track. It sounds exciting to me. I'd be in a full panic. Oh, I'd but be, I would do I'd it. In, but I would do it in a heartbeat. So it's like two cars going around that turn at the same time. Yeah. I would either a put myself into the wall or b put somebody else into the wall. Like not on purpose. <laughs> I just know it would happen, without a doubt. We need to have a NetLive uh, K1 experience. We need oh. to have a race. That features all the regular characters in the NetLife. We will go and do the full program, not just time raises. We will do a full-on qualifying and main event. There was a uh, whether this story was true or not. I find it highly entertaining. Like you sign obviously your life away, and yep. there's extra insurance. <laughs> so if I would have put the car under the wall, I signed the extra insurance. It only would have cost me twenty five hundred, regardless how much damage I did to the car. Yeah. Like if I would have yeah. totaled the car, twenty five hundred dollars, you're walking out the door. So they have video cameras inside the car, probably for their own insurance purposes, and if you want a DVD of your experience. So they were talking to us beforehand. They're like, so they can hear us. Like if we're speaking, yeah. like because of the cameras there, and they're like, they were looking at a DVD of somebody, and one guy, every time he went around the turn, just kept saying 2500 2500 Because he, he was reminding himself not to put it into the wall. He's, he's doing the wrong <laughs> yeah. thing. 2500 2500 <laughs> Oh, I love it. That was good times. Yeah, so the funny thing is some people get behind the wheel of something like that, and they get nervous. They get claustrophobic. They get worried, mm-hmm. right? I'm watching bobsled in the Winter Olympics. I'm watching luge or skeleton. Skeleton, I don't know if I, I could know. do. <laughs> some people look at that, and they go, oh, my God, like, how do they do that? I look at that and go, how can I do this? First can, of I, all. can I sign up? What I want to know is, who came up with that sport? That's the real question. Like, I'm going to go down this huge ice luge. As fast as I can. Head first. Yeah. You yeah. know what it was? It was, well, there was a, a bobsled. Because I can see bobsled. Okay, we're going to run this 
thing down a track. Somebody yeah. comes up with that. Now, Luge, someone's at the top of the bobsled run, maintaining it with a shovel, and goes, hmm, huh. What if work? I sit on the end of this and go? <laughs> but yeah, it seems like a radical idea, doesn't it? And then, then the same guy goes, well, if I sit on the shovel the other way... No, that wouldn't work. First of all, well, the, I want to see the, how big a sled they need for Kevin to go down yeah. skeleton style. Yeah, it's going to be a large sled. Because either that or your feet are dragging. Can you just see Kevin's just, <laughs> My just, knee. just, just well, bouncing on the back? Yeah. Well, if, if you listen, the best part is listening to the announcers. Like, ooh, there's a lot of body movement, and that person is stark still. Like, how can you even tell that? Yeah, I have no idea. I have no clue what I'm watching. Or when they go, look at, look at the angle of the blades. You're like, what are you talking about? Then I they can't. go back He's and going show the 110 replay. miles an hour. They show the replay, and the blade is like totally sideways as they go down. Interesting. And I, they, they won't show. I don't know if it's the BMW sleds that the Americans have now that they won't show the inside of the sled because they don't want to give away the technology. But at least get an old sled out and, and show, show us like how, how, how it works. Yeah. Because I don't remember. I remember they did it years ago. And I don't know if there's a break push there. pull. Well, the brake's in the back, right, because you have a brakeman. Your push, your push guy tucks down, and then he brakes. But they never run that at all on the way down. It's just for the end. But the push, I, think, I thought it was like a push-pull on either side. I don't think it's a wheel. I don't know. But I don't know. I, I wanted to know. I want to see the breakdown of a sled. Yeah. But they haven't done that. And maybe I missed it. If somebody saw it, tell me. But I, maybe and, ev- I missed and every it. single time they talk about the sleds, the BMW sled. It's always like every yeah. single time. Oh, it's yeah. not yeah, it's the, the ultimate BM. sliding machine. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They're really pumping that one up. How does the guy in the back know when to break? Well, what I said, how much study did the, I mean, you're an announcer. How much study do you think those people have to do? If you look at who's announcing, it's like Mary Carrillo. She's a tennis person. Like, how much studying do these people have to do to know what they're looking at? Yeah, you should be watching some film. You talk to the, the racers, the drivers, the athletes, you got to get whatever. some of the terminology down. Yeah, you get the terminology down. See, that's the key. For me, if, when I switch sports... I don't want some wacky terminology. That's always one of the things when I'm doing Supercross that people talk about. They say, well, you know Drake. the right words. You know the terminology of the sport. Yeah. Right? And that's what gives you credibility. So that's what I think people should go for. But you, ha- you have to watch and know what's happened before. And a lot of it's just research. And that's what makes some of these people more professional than others. You can tell when some have no idea what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And well, that's, that's what... I think the Winter Olympics had to be one of the hardest because everything's so subjective. Like, I've also heard the word twizzle far too many times. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Wow. I was like, what is this? Uh, watch the twizzles. <laughs> we, we laugh every time up here. Sitting around the family. Look at twizzles. 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 I don't... I, I was tortured as a kid to watch figure skating. Ice dancing? Sure. I can't watch it as an adult now. My grandmother, like my grandmother loved it and wanted to watch it all the time. I can't do it anymore. Well, it used to be on like every weekend. It used to be so much ice skating. It was like every Sunday there was a different ice skating event. Not so much anymore. That's true. I guess we used to be better at it. I don't know what the answer to that is. <laughs> well, we're not really doing that well this Olympics, comparatively. The Winter Olympics and not the American Forte. We've got the summer down pretty well, but... Unless it's an X Games right. competition, because... And even then, Sean White does a medal. That's true. It's interesting that so many of their heroes have underperformed. They built up Sean White. He bailed out. They built up, so far, still has another chance, Ted Ligeti. Yep. Bodie Miller picked up a bronze. When you say the word Ligeti, do you want to say Ligeti split every single time? Because <laughs> I do. Ligeti I expect to hear them say that every split? single time. Yeah. Uh, who else... Oh, Shawnee Davis mm-hmm. failed. Well, not failed. And, and this has been a this has been a, a bone of contention in this house with their coverage. Failed. They always say he failed. He's in the Olympics. 
I know. Well, he did not fail. This goes with your, <laughs> if you're not winning, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, Kevin. Our expect, American expectation is gold in everything. Every, I know. Every, every right. single we competition. Yeah. We're like, we're really not this good at this. I'm like, just impressed that you're an Olympian. There you go. Yeah. I was on NPR. And some of these folks, multiple, like four-time Olympians. Lloyd Ball territory. Yeah. On NPR, they were interviewing the girl, I can't remember her name, that one that uh, dances to Beyonce. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. That, that's her warm-up is dancing to Beyonce in her headset, and she's right. just going at it. I can't even think of She's got some right moves, now. by the way. But they were talking to her, and they were like, oh, what were your expectations? And she's like, I just wanted to finish top 10, and she finished in the top 10, and she's like, I am 100% satisfied. It was her first Olympics. She's super young. She's like, I'm excited to be here. I was more excited for my teammates that won, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, you're an Olympian. Yeah. Period. Do you lose a little edge when you're like 17 in an Olympian, though? Maybe because you, you don't get, you don't understand, you don't understand the, the gravity, gravity of it. Um, God, I bad. didn't understand the gravity of it the first time. I think a lot of that stuff's hard when you're in. I think being in the moment is one of the hardest things. Kate Hansen, by the way, to do ever, like okay. to literally be in the moment. I think is extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. I find myself. Well, and then you hear the people in their posts talk interviews like the skier from Canada who has the brother with cerebral palsy when you talked and listened yeah, to them. Yeah, cool story. Or like Nicole Pikes Park when it was her last Pikes Pace. Or Pikes Pace, sorry. And she was like, this is it. Like, this is my last run. I'm going to do everything I can and I'm retiring. And she's just talking about how this is going to end her career. That's, I think those are the cooler stories than getting in the face of the person who quote unquote underperformed and asking them, you know, are they no, a failure? What, what went wrong? Yeah. yeah. No, I'm not a failure. I'm an Olympian. Kate Hansen, by the way, is the dancer. Yeah. Luge. Luge. Yeah, it's, it, it's a weird deal because everybody who makes it there has already won. Yeah, 100%. They've already won. Jamaican bobsled team, you won already. <laughs> They're terrible drivers. <laughs> Did they almost, they that thing went, almost went sideways. They almost flipped over. Yeah. I give them, though, they have the best traps in the whole competition. They're the most famous bobsled yeah. team. Let's <laughs> be honest about it. Because it, everybody keeps having flashbacks to cool runnings. Every time I see them, yeah, I do the little like, of course. feel of the rhythm. <laughs> John Candy. Oh, gone too soon, John Candy. Along with uh, Chris Farley. Yep. Very similar comics, gone too soon. <laughs> yeah. So along the lines of the interviews, Yeah. did you see the Bodie Miller interview? Yes. And give me your thoughts, the number of questions related to his brother. I did feel like there was probably one too many. I didn't feel like she went while because I was watching it well live or whenever they were showing. Right, it. I, already knew, I already knew he had won. I didn't I obviously hadn't seen the um, interview. I felt like okay, she probably went on too long for me, comfortably wise. Like you don't need to ask him again. Um, but I didn't take it as she was. I didn't take it as being malicious. I didn't take it that way at all whatsoever. And I didn't realize until afterwards that she wasn't necessarily – she's a former athlete, and being um, an interviewer or whatever is not her normal forte. But I didn't know that till afterwards. But I wasn't sitting there watching the TV, like, yelling at her, being like, why, he's crying, stop. You know, I didn't take that at all whatsoever. I didn't take it that way. You could tell he was trying to hold it back. Of course. Through every question, of which there were at least three. I think it was the third one, yeah. That finally got him. Well, because she kind of asked, did you do this? She was fishing. Yeah, like, did you do this for him? He's like, no, I wouldn't necessarily say that. But, of course, he's thinking about him. It's his brother. Right. Um, But I didn't take it as, again, I didn't take it as she was necessarily trying to do it maliciously. And who knows if a producer was in her ear telling her to keep going, you know, because it is, she is fairly new at it. I have no idea. 
Should we ask Katie her thought before we get to your professional thoughts and this is what you do for I'm a living? I'm going to assume this happened over the weekend while I was stuck in a gym in oh, Vegas, yeah. so I have so not have yet no? seen it. Okay, so, well, you're out then. Yeah, no opinion at this point. My opinion is I have no opinion. Kevin? I thought it was too much. Okay. I thought if you don't get it in the first two, you've got to let it go. Okay. That's just my thought. I, I, it seemed like they were fishing, like they wanted that moment. They needed that moment. And I don't know if it's the producer in your ear, because everybody always wants to blame the interviewer, but lots of times the interviewers are being told what to ask. Of course. So I don't know who's making that decision, or if it was deliberate. We, we won't ever know if it was deliberate. But I thought it was too much, no matter who's making that decision. Three questions, you're just... It, it's like you cut somebody and you just keep like picking at it. Pouring some salt on it. Yeah. <laughs> There's more salt for you. Just a little bit more. I thought it was too much. But, uh, you know, mistakes happen. Everybody... Mistakes happen. It's just this happens to be out in... in uh, it happens to be during the Olympics. It happens to be during the Olympics. Well, I felt like he handled it well, too. Whether behind the scenes he was upset or genuinely like, okay, just leave her alone. He handled that well. Because it could have gone... If he would have said, yeah, I'm upset, then that girl would have gotten a lot more grief. It may not be working currently. Yeah, who knows how or that... Or again for a while. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, guest seventeen hundred wants to know: Did everyone see the bobsledder, the Russian bobsledder, flip off the camera when USA One knocked him out? No, I did not. I caught it. Did you? Yeah. Was it subtle or was it like he just gave it was him full quick. on bird arm out, just like suck it? The, USA. No, they cut to him. He's like this, and he's like this. <laughs> <laughs> well, because the camera's probably a half an inch away from his face. Ah, uh, he knew he was on camera. Yeah, I, you know, and that's okay. I, that's fine with me, dude. You just you just got booted off the metal stand. Yeah, I might be a little upset too. This is what I, I continue not to understand about... The heat of the moment as well. He's probably... Man, I missed the good stuff this weekend, as it turns out. Well, we yeah. talked about the Richard Sherman thing a few weeks ago, and I continue to not understand this, this notion that we want athletes to be hyper-competitive, hyper-aggressive, and, and committed to winning, right? Yeah. As we said earlier, gold at all costs, and yet display all the sportsmanship in the world. You know what? Those two items don't always match up right in the moment that it happens. Well, the Sherman thing, I, I have. It was like two, over two minutes after it all happened. It was I guess immediate. Yeah. The thing is, I think Sherman wanted to build the Sherman brand. Like, look at how he was. Maybe. And that's. And I'm actually fine with that. But they did I'm get to him like too. immediately after the game was over. And of course, like his adrenaline is flowing. He's going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And he yeah. doesn't like the guy that he just basically won the game. Again, yeah. The two minutes between when it happened and when the game actually was over, it was a time to like amp it down a little. But you, I mean, the guy is—he's not dumb. He's a Stanford graduate with nearly a 4.0. Well, that's where I'm actually glad. I'm actually happy he was that because then the dialogue changed. Where would you be accusing him of the things you're accusing him of? But he's a Stanford graduate, and he's not the guy that people thought he was. They're like, oh, like when they threw the word thug out there, I'm like, really? Really? (laughs) I've talked to a few people who have a problem with it. And honestly, I think they have a problem with the blackness of it. Yeah, I think it's a racist, yeah. racism issue. They cannot understand it. I don't. I they, didn't like no, it, and I went back and listened to it. You can understand it. Mm-hmm. They just don't like the fact that he's black and he's yelling. <laughs> they don't like that. Well, and the look on Aaron Andrews' face, she could have done a little better job of just 
not flipping out the way she did. She, she looked like she was going to cry. But I thought she was like, okay. I thought she did great. I was like, she was like, okay, back to you. Because like, what else is she going to do at that point? I thought she did great when she said, well, who's been talking about you? Well, I thought that was yeah. one of the best questions. I thought so, she, did she did great. She had a look on her face like, this really just happened. Yeah. Okay, no, back no, to you guys in the studio. I, I thought Aaron Andrews did fantastic in that situation. And I really think, like, I really think how many people were really talking about him. Like, yeah, he's a great player, but... He blew up when he went there, and he went eye-to-eye with that camera. I think a lot of this had to do with Richard Sol- Sherman saw a chance for him to be big, and that he doesn't <laughs> Why not? That. Yeah. Exactly. He is one of the best He is one of the best players, players but in the league. Yeah. rarely gets as much you know, press coverage as the offense is right. ever Correct. going to. Absolutely. And so he saw a chance to be a big-timer, and he went right after it. Yeah. Good, for him. Good for him. And I'm actually all for it. Coach Hillis says here, Kevin was accused of this type of thing when he questioned Sam at Stanford about her sister. It's actually, it's, it's Carly. I asked Carly about Sam. Thanks, Paula. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know exactly what was coming on that one. I asked Carly about Sam at the ABCA convention, and you didn't like that. Car- I didn't. Uh, so, and it's actually been mentioned to me by the ABCA that they got some grief for that whole situation. But people don't know how that played out. Well, for me, it was more listening to what you asked the other kids, like, what animal does McKaylee remind you of? <laughs> <laughs> and then you go to Carly, like, I thought if you had brought her on the show and asked about it or something along those lines where she wasn't doing it in front of a thousand coaches and people that she didn't know, that was where my problem was with it. You're right, because on this show, it's only like 10 people on the chat board. <laughs> <Very true. laughs> but hadn't you, hadn't you talked to her prior? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I had talked to her and her mother mm-hmm. on before the thing happened. I talked to her and her mother before the event started, and I talked to Carly before we went out. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I told her before we came out, I said, Carly, I have no, no reason to do this. This does not matter to me. My thought was, do you want to include your sister at all in this honor for yourself? That's why I came up with the question, and it's up to you. I do not have to ask the question. It is entirely up to you as to whether you'd like to do this or not. And she said she would. And so I asked it, because it's the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. What happened with her sister, for those who don't know, her sister committed suicide the year before in May, I think it was, and the season is in the fall. So it happens in May, season is in the fall, this is December after the May event. And I believe Carly found her, is the way I had heard it, but anyways, your twin sister at school takes her own life, and this is, this is <coughs> December afterwards. So... And they had worn patches all year with Sam's uh, initials on them, mm-hmm. on the uniforms for Stanford. And I, I wanted to hear from Sam because everybody, as soon as she was named All-American, or pardon me, Carly, I wanted to hear from Carly because as soon as Carly was named All-American, everyone was all over me about the questions. Don't ask, don't say it, don't even allude it, whatever. And I said, I want to hear from Carly. Yeah. Would Carly like to address it? Because that's what I want to know. If Carly doesn't want to address it, we're not going to touch it. If Carly would like to say something, then let her. That's her prerogative. This was entirely her choice. Yeah. Uh, then for me, it would have been ask the open-ended question. Where did you find your inspiration this year? And let her come to it, I guess, on her own. For me, that was the biggest Do you remember thing. the question? It was how did your sister, so something along the lines of, you know, did you get your inspiration from your sister or something along those lines? This no. Year? It was how much <laughs> is your sister still with you and this team? And I don't even remember what she said. Because I just knew I was getting out of the way after that. Because <laughs> I was like, and I'm going to walk off stage. No, I, but also, I remember. I have a slightly different perspective. I lost a teammate to cancer who was sick through our whole senior year in our run to a national championship. So for me, and everybody was harping on that when it was happening. And it's, it's not an easy thing to live with. 
And oh, I don't. I don't think it's easy at all. Thing. No. And that's why I think some people are. I think it's a lot of it's personal situation is why a lot of people were uncomfortable with Kevin asking that. It is more the timing and the forum for it. Like I would have been, you know, do an interview, ask the open-ended question. That was what bothered me more than anything. And I, you know, I laid that out for you pretty good, which is why you and I didn't get along for quite a while. Well, see, I, I don't have a Kevin not getting along with somebody. Shocker. <laughs> or should I say somebody not getting along with Kevin? I don't. I don't find it exploitive. We're not gaining anything. We're not gaining viewers. We're not getting on TV with it. I thought this was a a big moment for Carly. And did she want to include the person that had been a part of her volleyball life for her entire life? Did did she want to bring her up? And I I can't say if it was me because I have no idea what that would feel like. But I thought maybe she would. And that's up to her. But people don't know that that was her, not me. I simply asked that question, could we ask this question? Yeah, but they don't know the behind-the-scenes stuff. I don't have to ask the question. It's not like I I have nothing to gain (laughs) by asking the question. And I I have nothing to lose by asking Carly if she wants to talk about it. And I actually ran into Carly uh, later that night in the hotel. And we sat and talked for a while. And she came over. I was just sitting there. um, And we're all cool. I actually just missed her. I was up in Stanford this week. And I walked right by her on the street. Did not know it, and somebody who was with was like, oh, that was Carly Wood paddling. Dang it. Because <laughs> I love the way she plays the game now. I, she's one of my favorite players. Because she, she's at one point, I think, said, like, I want to make it a contact sport or something very similar to me, and she plays with the angry attitude, yes, and, like, that's how I played volleyball. She's I played it like football. An awesome kid. Yeah. She just, she's a great person, and she's really great to be around, and, I mean, no, she's, she's cool. been through a lot, and I hope... I think she's going to keep going. I mean, I know she took some time. She was over in Cambodia for a while this spring or winter while they were off. And, yeah, she seems to be settling in and ready to go. And that question was clear with her mom, too, because I think that's the even harder one. It's hard enough for the sibling and a twin, for the parent, as a parent. Now, that part, I at least can imagine. It would just yeah. crush me. Like, after having kids, seeing movies where kids are hurt or dying or – that gets to me. Like, I'm crying on the couch. Let me ask you Because I have a kid. Let me ask you this question. What, it may be hard to answer, but what are certain topics that you feel are not appropriate to ask somebody? Yeah, like what, as an in, what, in that forum, let's say? Well, I don't know. I guess just in general, like, I, sometimes when I watch the news or ESPN and they're talking about certain athletes' families and, like, oh, they're going through a nasty divorce or this, like, I don't feel like that's my, that's not my business. You know, like, as a viewer, like, why is it my right to know that Tiger Woods and his wife are having marital issues? You know, that's not, I don't feel like it's my right. Now, granted, he's in the news, so everything he does could be reported. But where, where do you draw the line of, okay, what's relevant and what's not? Because we live our lives like People Magazine is happening around us all the time. Like, we want to know the inside of everything. Like, these people are, you know, because they're on connected TV. to us. Right. I think it's interesting because you want to know what happens in those types of situations because you don't know somebody that that's happened to, maybe. Uh, Tiger Woods' wife tried to beat him with his own golf club. <laughs> I don't know anyone who that's happened to. That's what happened in that situation. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I don't know where the line is. It's partly the price you pay in that position. And people want all the fame and anonymity. And you're not going to get that. I mean, you, just, yeah. you have to know that going in. On the other side, the paparazzi chasing everyone down the street. That's the other thing I'm talking about. Like, if uh, I get off an airplane and there's 36 cameras in front of my face snapping photos, like, and the, you don't realize, like, you just see the person walking. You don't see 
the 40 paparazzi on the other side of Kim Kardashian trying to walk down the street. Man, am I really glad that's something I'm never going to have to worry about. Oh, Katie, you never know. There's a line somewhere in there that's been crossed. Yeah. Where it is, I don't know. But it, it, like, It's not black and white, obviously. Like Some people no, didn't agree that it. you asked her that you asked the girl's name. Carly. Carly, you asked her that question. Some people think that's across the line. Others don't. So it's not a black and white line. Like, here's a line. You can't go past it. As I told the ABCA, I wanted to talk to her. I want to know what she wants. That was, that was my, uh, my motivation in the situation. Yeah. Because I heard from Stanford, Costi, you, Katie, <laughs> Katie, lots of other people don't do this. And my question was, have you talked to Carly, or is this coming from somewhere else? And the answer was, this is from somewhere else. So, well, let me talk to Carly. Again, if she doesn't want a question about her sister, she is free to say, I do not want a question about my sister. Yeah. And I did not pressure her. I did not say, I, I need to do this. We should do this. You didn't make her sign a contract. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I have no reason to do that. Yeah. My thought was, like I said, I can't imagine if it were me entirely, but my thought was here is a person who has a sibling, a twin, who has played volleyball with her her entire life, basically. They're on the same team at the same school. This awful thing happens. They've been remembering her for the last year. Would you like to mention her in your moment of glory? Because undoubtedly your sister was part of what you have achieved. And maybe for her, she would need to say something. Right. Or maybe she would not. That her prerogative, maybe. Then yeah. That's what I was in the point of open, ask the open-ended question so she has an out when she's up there. No. She knew what the question was. Right. She could take it whatever direction she but wanted. if she's standing in front of a thousand people and she decides she doesn't want to, the question's now there. Rather than, where did you find your inspiration this season? It was, you know, is your sister still with you? She already knew the question. She knew it was coming. If she didn't know it was coming... Maybe that's the better question. Then I'm getting grief for opening the door to that without telling you. <laughs> After they told me not to, right? After everybody said not to, and I opened the door for that. But no, it's, it's an interesting balance, whether you're talking about pushing Bodie Miller to cry or, or getting to Richard Sherman right away yeah. or the Russian flipping off the camera. You know, all these things, we're pushing into places that are and have been very private moments for people. Even in a public setting, it's a private moment. Yeah. How Richard Sherman feels about his performance, that he, the play that he just made, is a private moment for him. Correct. As long as you don't interview him. Put a microphone in front of his face. Later. Five exactly. seconds later. Now it's a public moment. Inside, and, and there is a certain voyeuristic interest. It's why Facebook is great. Who goes on? Why are you on Facebook? Partly to see ex-boyfriends, ex-girlfriends, people in high school. Jesus, they got fat. Like, you know, I mean, that's part of the appeal of Facebook. (laughs) Facebook is so you don't have to go to the reunion and and stand next to those people and go, wow, uh, Bob, you look great. I mean, you're 60 pounds heavier than Mm Facebook, but you look great. There's a lot less lying involved. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't go to my reunions. I don't either. No, and, you know, honestly, people in this community, it's, it's again to what we started out talking about. People don't like when you bring up the warts. Well, the, 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 we are a better sport, a better community, warts and all, in my opinion. I think that's more compelling than everybody's awesome, look how shiny and new it is. 
Well, and sometimes when you're negative about things, and I don't even know if negative is the correct term, but when you critique it, some people think, oh, you're not helping the sport. And right. I hate when people say that to me. You're like, oh, you're not helping. So what am I supposed to do? Lie about it? Doesn't that make me look worse? It's marketing versus truth is what it comes down to. Right. Exactly. Right. We want the sport to appear just perfect. Well, that's not. First of all, it's not. Nothing is. Secondly, it's actually better. Yeah. And if I didn't like a sport or cared about the sport, I would not be here. It's actually better with all the wards. People no. will identify with it more if it's a struggle, if it's a problem, because that's their it's humanized. Lives. It's humanized. Right. Yep. Thank you. Yes. Well, well, we discussed this before the show. You look at all the people surrounding these athletes that we're micing up. You know, we're talking about Morgan Beck having a mic on during Bodie Miller's. Mm-hmm. Morgan Miller. Morgan. Formerly Morgan Beck. She's been made a character like Michael Phelps' mom. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's so much ca- ca- the camera coverage of the parents, of the families, of listening to the people all around these athletes, turning everything into a human interest story that they want the background. They want to know all about everyday life. It is that voyeuristic thing that we seem to love as a culture. Or watching everything about these people. And then it almost makes you feel a little too comfortable with them. Like there's no mystique. Well, you feel like you know, like you know them. And then like if you ran into them in the airport, you could talk to them about their whole life and they've never met you before or ever. That's uncomfortable right. to me. That happens. Maybe, yeah, when some people know more things about me, like I've never told you that in my life and they know things, I'm like, hmm. It's, 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 listening to that live. it's, it's a different, it's <laughs> like, a different experience. For Jeremy, sure. I like your thoughts. Yeah, those like really you, are nice. Jeremy, you do really have a really nice style. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you for noticing. I have jeans on, but okay. No, but, but Katie, what do you think about the whole turning, turning people into characters? Because I think Michael Phelps' mom's the first one that I can remember in Olympic coverage where they have basically just had a camera on her. Yeah. And now they're doing that with Morgan. They've got her mic'd up. I, mean, I guess it's it's fine if that's what people want. I don't have really any interest in that. Like, I don't really want to listen to her thoughts on what's going on, quite frankly. I have no interest in hearing what Michael Phelps' mom is saying about his Olympic run. Like, I just want to watch the athletes compete. But I'm also not somebody who gets really hyped up. Like, I don't think seeing a celebrity is great, or I have no, no interest in their daily lives, and I don't read that kind of stuff. Like, okay, that's fine. If you find it interesting, I mean, that's the reason that keeping up with the Kardashians is so big. I mean, what's interesting yeah. about those people? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Other than somebody thinks it's fun to watch them act like idiots on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great, but it's not something I choose. But there's enough people out there that are interested in it, and I guess there's a market for it. Uh, a big market. <laughs> big market. Is a Think there's out. a market for it? Yeah, ask Ryan Seacrest the checks he's cashing <laughs> off that one. Whew. Good gracious. But that's because everybody has their own taste. Some people like it, some people don't. Getting back to the coverage and Olympians, and this is another Bodie Miller thing, but Bodie Miller wins the bronze. Mm-hmm. Tied for the bronze, right? Tied, yeah. Another guy, the War Horse, whose name is escaping me. Perhaps Chapboard can help out. The War Horse. Yeah. Remember his nickname because that's awesome. He wins the silver. Yep. Faster than Bodie. Barely. By, yeah, by enough. Yeah. They talk to Bodie more. They show Bodie more during the interview with the both of them. Then during the medal ceremony, they show him the warhorse a couple of times. They show the gold medalist a couple of times. Now I understand the gold medalist from a different country, but there's an American on the silver medal stand. They show Bodhi like four or five times, and they fade out with Bodhi because he's the bigger star. He's the human interest. He's the, not he, after that event, he isn't. Yeah, he is. He's the most <laughs> celebrated Winter Olympian. He's also third place compared to Andrew yeah. Weinbreck. Yeah, Weinbreck, I think it is. Kevin, we celebrate all medals here on the Net Live. I know. <laughs> Not winning. But yeah, we're, we're going to celebrate your silver over your bronze. When when we're filming it, 
If you have a silver, you get more airtime well, in, in my NBC. In the run-up, <laughs> Boge Miller was a highlight, so they're going to stick with whatever the highlight uh, was. I think you got to shift. you got to pivot. Well, and they also have more to talk about. Ratings, bro. It's all about ratings. The guy is just he's good at what he does. Is well, the Warhorse's wife a pro beach volleyball player? Yeah. Good question. Is the Warhorse's wife hot? That's what we need to know. Is he married? I don't even know if he's married. There you go. I don't even know if he's married. He's the Warhorse. They, oh, no. they, by the way, are flying down that table. Oh, my God. 70-plus miles an hour? I now, can barely do a green run on a normal <laughs> <laughs> There's one I just look at. I go, it'd be fun. I absolutely cannot do it. I could, I could go down on a bobsled. I cannot go down on downhill skis like no, this. Never. Uh, never. Like, when they do the slow motion, they show them, like, oh, he's almost know. laying on the ground. And the split. Like, the feet are so far apart. You know apart. how strong your legs have to be, your oh, core? I mean, all, I'm, For me, it's the slalom. How, first of all, how do you still have knees after the end of that? Oh, yeah, yeah. And second of all, how do you get down the hill like that I don't, I, and not fall over? Amazing. And die. And then and there's the people that are doing, like, tricks off of a jump and then slalowing down. Did you watch any of that? The moguls? Ooh, yeah. Free, uh, moguls is... Moguls, yeah, it's, yeah. Whatever that is. It's nuts. Oh, Absolutely moguls is amazing. Nuts. Yeah, the knees for that, I don't know that I ever had them. I certainly don't have them today. Not at all. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely amazing. Hey, we still have some volleyball discussions here. We're going to take a break here on the Net Live. We'll get back to volleyball, volleyball. in a big way. <laughs> hey, we're touching all around the Olympics and volleyball and stuff like that. This is not just not just a volleyball show, but in the dog days here, we have a bunch of stuff to get to. Yes, Cam Kerr provided us a nice list on his volleyball source magazine that uh, is about the FIVB rule changes. Some significant rule changes coming to the beach. Just the beach. We're talking about the beach. Okay. So, but a significant, a huge rule change. Am I going to be upset with this? I don't know. Maybe. We're going to find out. We also have, we'll talk about John Spraw's Four Pillars. I thought that was something we should bring up here on the show. And my photo bomb of him in Volleyball Magazine. <laughs> yeah. And the AVP Mount Rushmore. This was Beach Volleyball Mount Rushmore. The AVP asked who would be on your yeah, I think Beach you, Volleyball well, Mount Rushmore. They didn't necessarily say it, but I would say Beach, yeah. Since beach AVP. Volleyball Mount Rushmore. You have to pick... Because Six athletes, LeBron's no four. Been LeBron's been talking about it. Bill Russell. Yeah, 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 yeah. So who's on your, your – this is four-man. We have a four-man. Well, I just like four, to say that Jeremy gave me the wrong information. I thought we were talking about indoor, so I did no, the homework last that can be your. that can be your <laughs> – We'll have that, oh, too. That's fine. Yeah, I, 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 like I have no – I know. I told you to yeah. do your homework. No, I didn't do it. No. I've been out of school a long time. I don't do homework anymore. So I have nightmares sometimes about that. Actually, I dreamed just the other night that I – was at a math class that I had not attended all semester, had you know just completely blown the schedule off, and then I was at the final, going, I need this grade to like graduate. And I, mm-hmm. so like I thought I dropped this class. class like, Perfect. <laughs> so we'll talk about the uh, Mount Rushmore of women's and men's beach volleyball, and we'll also give you some information on the upcoming so TNL tough. curling challenge. There's a curling challenge coming. It's coming, boys and girls. I cannot wait. An Olympic event contested by your own TNL hosts. The over-under is how many times you fall on your ass. <laughs> I'm good on ice. I'm from the Midwest. Did you look at how they have to, like, squat one leg behind them? Yeah. Like, I don't, don't, have, to have, skates, I don't have to have Kevin. perfect form. You're not on skates, Kevin. They're going to rent shoes. <laughs> you are so toast. The over-under of you falling on your ass is four. <laughs> We're videotaping it. Oh, Cam yeah. Oh, Kerr. Yeah. I'm taking the over on that one. Yeah. Cam Kerr, make sure you bring a buddy because we need some video. And some padding. And I need some, some broomers, some brushers. I need some good brushers. Talking about this, I know we're supposed to be going to break, but my physical therapist is did curling when she was younger. And yeah. my next question for her is like, when's the day like you wake up and you're like, you know what? I'm going to do curling. You know what it is. Like you're in the kitchen sweeping and you're like, you know what? I'm really good at this. I can bet I can do this on ice. It's Canadian bowling. Because you're, you're, they do it on the lakes, the frozen lakes. Can't as wait. a family event. You go out drinking and curling. Can't wait. I'm in for that. Yeah. Yep. Sign me up. Cam Kerr in Toronto. We'll have more on that in a minute. The Net Live. 
Welcome back to the Net Live here on Volleyball Magazine. Thanks to Volleyball Mag as well as the AVCA for their support of this program. We do always appreciate it. And we know you are appreciating it. If you're getting this via iTunes, remember it is free, and you can communicate with us anytime at facebook.com slash the net live. Not the Facebook. That's the old name. Facebook.com slash the net live or gmail.com. That is the net live at gmail.com. You can communicate with us and let us know what you're thinking, what you think about the show, what uh, you think about Jeremy Styles, or anything mm-hmm. else you're having some time with. And you can follow us all on Twitter. You're KevBarn14. Yeah. Katie, you're what? A Charles 22 just picked up like that maybe sounded, one more follow. sounded like a question. <laughs> I use Twitter about never. So We, um, we do have a Hollywood Curling Center here. Oh, it's, where's, it's Paul ba- where's Paul Baxter? It's on. If I had my phone, I would text him right now, but I left it at home, so yeah. I don't. Yeah, it's like being naked without your phone. I feel really awkward. The only place to curl in Los Angeles. Oh, there this, we go. This is happening. Now, is it fair that you get to do it before you get to Canada with Cam? Van Nuys Boulevard should we and Panorama. But should we ask Cam if that's okay? Cam, can I practice? That's what I want to know. He'll answer. Can I practice? I can't. I mean, seriously, the over-under is four. Cam gives you the green light. We are going to uh, curling. We will videotape it. And what is it the on. challenge? We've never been really clear. Challenge? The challenge. The you channel. said you were going to get it in the circle. I didn't realize, in you, the meant, circle. I didn't realize you meant the biggest big circle possible. That's what I thought people were telling me. You can't get in the big circle. I'm like, what no, do you mean you can't you, get in the big circle? I wanted you to get for, a bullseye, but I'll give, you the the sm- I'll give you one of the smaller circles. 100 bucks, 100 tries. Yeah, but does, does Cam get the option of knocking it out like they do in the normal curl? No, I think I no, just put it in. Cam just had, yeah, just the tip. Well, and to think on the curling thing, you say it's a family sport. Who has a 43-pound stone sitting around their house that they're just going to wing out onto my somewhere? Canadians. <laughs> Canadians. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah, Cam, yeah, he did, Cam. Cam. A draw to the button, as we call it. Yeah, I, yeah okay. You fine. said you would put it in the middle. You're, I will put I'll, it in the middle. No, you will not. I, I mean, will put. I will do a draw to the button. Well, how many chances? That's what I want to know. I give him a hundred. I give him a hundred tries. 100 if 100. you don't, if you make it, I'll give you a hundred bucks. I have to do a hundred squats. On, I'm going to be go. exhausted. If you me. don't, you owe me fifty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> how about that? Challenge accepted. I feel like even with a hundred, something's bound to land in the right place. This is hard to do. That assumes it's easy to do. That's what your attitude is. You no, think I'm you're gonna, do you do think it. you're going to put it right in the middle? Bullseye? Not the first that shot. Bullseye is not of course not the, not the first shot. Or Yeah, 100. That may take a while. <laughs> That's fine. We got time. Uh, 100 tries, you are definitely going to fall at least 10. I'm not going to fall. Yes, you are. No. Yes. You get the little push off. Look how tall you are. You're going down. I am tall. Well, I'm taking the over on the four falls. He's going down for sure. The thing is... Cam said you only throw 20. Okay, 200 bucks if you nail it in the middle. If you don't, you owe me 75. Jay, we can't buy five rounds? Or, uh, Cam, we can't buy five rounds I'm texting Jay here. You might be exhausted. <laughs> yeah, this will be like the, I get 100 pitches from Brandon Rosenthal at Lipscomb, and he bet me I couldn't hit one out. Didn't tell me the bats had changed. The bats were not as powerful <laughs> oh, as they used to be. Because oh. I routinely hit them out in college, no problem. But they changed the bats, and all of a sudden, there's nothing on the bats. And by the way, I did hit the we base of the wall. Excuse. Cam says there's usually 20 per match. I'll, I'll give you 10 warm-ups, and then you get 20 after that. So 30 total, but you get the warm-ups. Warm-ups don't count. just gives you, you know, you get your rhythm. 200 bucks if you get in the middle. If you don't, you owe me 75. <laughs> 75 yeah, because I just is, went up. Is he going to throw it down and then go be his own sweeper, or is he going to have, like, the full team around him that knows what they're doing? I don't know. That's the question. Yeah, I need a team of people. I just want you to see and I can be the sleepers. I just want to see you fall. See how that goes. All right. We, we need to go up to the Hollywood Curling Center and curl. I'm in. Okay. Like I said, if I had my phone, I would text Paul Baxter right now, but I'll do that later today. <laughs> play a couple events. There we go. We'll do a draw to the button challenge and play a couple events. Done. You're I'm in at like 530 to Toronto in the evening. We're going we're gonna to have some curling. Right off the plane? Oh, yeah. You're definitely going down. <laughs> oh, yeah. For sure. I'm wearing a roller. <laughs> I will stretch it out right before. Kevin's going to be like the kid from A Christmas Story with like so many clothes on his arms. He's thinking, I can't put him down or up. And if he falls down, he can't. Come back, guys. Come back. Jay says he's in for curling. I, I think he's in. Uh, I think Jay is definitely in for our K1 race. We need to compile a list. Jay of- Hasek? Athletes who will compete in the K1 Net Live Challenge. What is the K1 Challenge? That's electric go karts. Oh, I'm racing go karts. I'm totally in. Over here in Torrance. I'll go ahead and run the. Katie just checked out. Katie, (laughs) caution, caution. Jay's in. All right, let's get to the uh, the college volleyball weekly here. Let's tune up a little bit of music and get to some volleyball. We will have more on the the curling challenge that will happen when I'm in Toronto for Supercross drink. We here at the Net Live love each week to check in on college volleyball. We do it for the women's season in the fall and the men's in the spring. And thanks to the AVCA, we are able to bring you the AVCA College Volleyball Weekly with our correspondents who keep up on all things volleyball related because we don't here at the Net Live. So we have to hire somebody to do it. We welcome in Rob Espero from the University Located at Irvine, UCI, and Jay Hussick from Penn State, who has a new office mate coming in soon. Jay, talk a little women. How about Salima coming back? Hello? Nothing? 
No? I lost Turn one up of the volume them. there, maybe? Yeah, well, See? Gentlemen? What happened? Jay's in there. We lost Robbie. Though. Hello? I'm here. I'm here. There's oh, Robbie. Robbie right so we lost Jay. Sorry. Apologize. Jay has to call back. So, Hold Robbie, on. we will start with you. Jay's back. Oh, pressure's so on. So, Jay is back. All right. Jay. Yes, I'm back. Sorry about that. I hit the wrong button. I am totally in for curling, by the way. There was a place in Vancouver that was a curling hall, and it was just like going bowling or anywhere else. You can buy pitchers of beer, and people are having fun, yelling, screaming. They had disco nights. I am all about that. <laughs> well, well, you could do it on your driveway, driveway, Jay, from the pictures you've been posting. <laughs> <laughs> we could do it in my driveway. That's a good idea, Robbie. When you come out, for sure, we'll make it happen. Cam, I, w- I want to know from Cam on the chat board if they have like a black black rock night where they put on the black lights and it's like a glowing top on your rock. Nice. It down. Just like bowling, they have the black light bowling night. Glowing top yeah, on like your rock. Yeah, like a disco night. Oh, <laughs> we could have DJ. We, Jeremy could spin and throw the rock at the rock same and time. Curl. Rock and curl. Oh, there it is, Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> created it. The rock That's and curl. <laughs> the rock and curl. <laughs> that has to be. And we'll serve. Down. We'll. And we'll serve little fat Jeremy's, and we'll serve all kinds of beers. It'll be an awesome time. I want, I want a little red Jeremy. little red Jeremy? <laughs> that night, yeah, we need a little red Jeremy. <laughs> There's excess amounts of beer is what Cam says. He says, no, no black lights, but an excess amount of beer. Well, <laughs> yeah. Lots the Canadians of, are too cool for the black light effect. <laughs> Another round of LaBasse, eh? This is the greatest nice. ever. <laughs> Goodness gracious. All right, gentlemen, yes. we, uh, we have no new poll just yet, but uh, we will get it, I am sure. But results from this past week, Robbie, I want to start with you because UC Irvine had a little bit of a week. Maybe they've solidified their lineup. I didn't look and, and check it out, but they defeated SoCal 3-2, and they defeated Pepperdine 3-0. Tell me about the Eaters, because I know you're making that silly little Eaters hand face. That's not... <laughs> <laughs> Rip a meters. That's right. That's that base, that new just going around. Yep. Zot, zot. <laughs> well, you know, on uh, on Thursday night against USC, uh, unfortunate thing, uh, Micah Christensen didn't start. Was really looking forward to seeing him play again, just because he's been playing really well. And uh, I, I, I was wondering why. Uh, He'd been warming up, and he was benched when I got the starting lineup and uh, looked over at, at Fergie and said, is this right? You want me to announce this lineup? He's like, that's the one we're going with, and it was Malahi setting. So, uh, you oh, know, automatically, you know, it was just it was interesting to see that lineup come out. Now, um, you know, with that being said, Malahi played really well, considering you know, who he backs up. Uh, you know, it was a five-set match, totally exciting. There are lots of defensive rallies uh, because Irvine, you know, had started Frazzoni at center, which changes their defensive setup at the block and the net, but he's a, a, a stupendous defender. So you have Brinkley and Frazzoni playing back row, and the blocking schemes allowed for them to get a, a bunch of digs on the evening, which ran a, trans, a bunch of transition balls that got them points, which meant Jeremy Dano and Zach Lacavera really picked it up. And with Frazzoni setting, he runs a flatter, quicker offense, which gave uh, Dano and Lacavera, who are tempo hitters, more of an advantage on the outsides. Robbie, I have a question for you. Actually, I have two questions for you. One, did you find out why Micah was not playing? And two, did anybody come flying under the net at this match? Was there any kind of hullabaloo about it? Oh, obviously you've been reading the uh, the chat boards or the uh, volley talk, <laughs> huh? 
Well, yeah. there were a few. There, re, re, there were. That's where I get all my information, Robbie. I get them all from the <laughs> chat board. I don't. I don't watch any volleyball on my own. <laughs> well, there were there were some scuffles between uh, Connor Hughes and Tanner Jansen and and Dano and uh, and Yoder. So you know it. I think it was just the normal stuff. I think it's just the, that faster tempo with the guys coming. They had so much momentum going at the outside, and some balls were 50-50 balls. So we just yeah. had to kind of expect that that, that was going to happen, and you know everyone's no. going to be begging for calls. So No yeah. excuse yeah. for coming out of the net, Tanner Jansen. You've got to cut that out because that's just downright dangerous. That's like Gabe Gardner, the goose territory. He is just dangerous coming out of the net for people. And if yeah. you come out of the net on me, I, I'm with Trent Kirsten, giving the little elbow in the back, man. You come under the net, I'm putting you in a headlock. It's no problem. I agree. There, there was a story of a kid a few years ago, and I won't mention any names because people might know him, but where he would fly into the net as a, as, a, as a youngster in club, and he came over the net again one time, especially after some coaches had made some discussion about it, and a young man who went to Stanford after all after all of those said and done uh, landed on him and uh, screwed up his ankle and was not able to play for his collegiate career, and that's and that's that's one of the you know that's an anomaly. I'm sure that's not the norm, but it's the direction that things could be going if people are not careful and nipping in the bud right now. Yeah, yeah, I remember that well, story. Go about ahead, uh, Micah, though, you'd mention you'd ask what had gone, gone on. Yes. He said that his back felt really tight, and so uh, you know Fergie wanted to play it safe, and you know he he was benched for the evening, and and didn't end up playing against UC San Diego the next night either. So uh, hmm. I think it's more precautionary right now because Amy yeah. looked like he's playing fine in warmups, and so uh, I think he's just waiting to get a healthy team come that last uh, tail end push for SC. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, I don't know if I brought this up last week, but this is something I, I want to talk to Al Skates about this week and did just briefly. And it was about stats. And we had had the discussion a couple of weeks ago about he wanted to take only conference stats. Now, in the women's game, they go out and they pummel some folks who are way below the level of the Pac-12. So they have these huge stats. A lot of different people play. But with the men's game being so small, uh, Al was doing the same thing, saying, well, they played the Midwest teams or this or that. But when I look at it, I, I look at some of the pre-conference action for a lot of these schools, and number one, they may have played each other out here in the West, or number two, they've played Loyola, or they've played Lewis, or they've played Penn State. And for my money, those teams are inside the top 10 or top 15 in the nation. If you're going to throw out those stats, if you don't want to take those as regular stats, then you're going to have to throw out UC San Diego and Pacific and maybe some others inside the MPSF because I think those matches are actually worse when it comes to the quality of play. It seems to me like a, a bias left over that it really is no longer true. I think that's a good point, Barney, and, and I think that's – I think a bias being held over from years prior, I think, is probably where it's coming from. We all know that Al Skates is, is one of the best coaches to ever be in the game, and, and obviously he's an icon and a legend, and, and I give all due respect to him. But I think that that's a little bit more homerism than, than the rest of the country is, is feeling right now. And, you know, you can argue again left and right that the MPSF top to bottom is, is the strongest conference, and I'll, and I'll agree with you on some points. But I think it's disingenuous to the players that get a chance to play uh, some of these teams that are up-and-coming programs and say, well, just because they're not in the top 15 right now that their stats don't matter. And uh, like I said last week, the Conference Carolina teams right now are, t- are getting beat up everywhere they're going. But sooner or later, they're going to start beating some big teams, and they deserve their spot at the table. They've earned it. And to just say that their stats are teams that play them, the stats that, you know, that they counted or racked up against those teams don't matter, I think it's disingenuous and unfair. 
I agree with you, Jay, and we had that discussion last week where we're seeing a spread of the talent across the nation, and we're it's just a matter of, of if not weeks, definitely just a couple seasons where we're going to see some pretty major upsets. Yeah. Poll just in. New poll from the ABCA just out, and Loyola Chicago remains at number one. They get 14 first-place votes. They are 11-1, and one, and they remain the number one team in the nation. A new number two up from number four comes BYU off the strength of a 3-2 victory over Stanford back on Saturday. Now UCLA in at three, Pepperdine at four, UC Santa Barbara at five, Long Beach at six, Irvine seven, SoCal at eight, and Stanford and Lewis finish out the top ten. Uh, Robbie, I can't figure out UC Santa Barbara. This seems to me to be the most schizophrenic team. You can pretty <laughs> much figure they might go five with anybody, but some nights they're beating the top five teams in the nation, and some nights they're going down to the number 15 team in the nation, 3-0. I don't understand the Gauchos. Please, help well, me. Well, two weeks ago, Irvine went up there, played them, took them in five, and it was a, it was a very tight matchup. But what I think we've seen in the last two weeks is you know, Jonah Safe has really um, had a lot more confidence in his pin attackers because if you in the Long Beach State match on I believe that was on Wednesday night or uh, let me get this right Thursday night when uh, they took uh, Long Beach in four if you look at how many attempts that outside attackers had 42 for Hanley 37 for Kinji and 32 for Light and they were taking care of business. Um, you know, he's got confidence in his outside attackers. They're hitting at a very high percentage right now, uh, and, and Jonah is setting very well. You know, the UCSB led Long Beach 68-53 to 53 in kills that night, which means that tells me, you know, he's running a pretty good offense, and he was saying, you know what, you have to stop my pin hitters if you, gotta, if you want to stop my team, and uh, Long Beach wasn't able to. Um, they just kept swinging away, and although Long Beach outblocked Santa Barbara 15-5, to 5, Jonah just kept going out to his pin hitters, and they were taking care of business. So I think, it, I think they're going to live and die by their pin hitters for sure this season. <clears throat> I, I, I tell you what, also, and I know that poll that you're looking at, Barney, and two things stick out to me. Number one, we have got that number 12 spot on lockdown. No matter who we beat or who we <laughs> lose to, we are going to be number 12 the rest of the season. And you know what? We're quite used to that. But even more appalling is how Northridge is 3-8, and eight and they are ranked 15th in the country. Yeah. I mean, I, I, granted, I know, I know Campbell does a nice job, and he's working hard on that program. But that's just a little bit of the bias, I think, getting called over into the, into the rankings and the polls. So I think that's something to discuss. They won against somebody decent early, didn't they? Is that what they're still hanging on to? Yeah, maybe. I mean, okay matches, but yeah, they lost this week to Santa Barbara 3-0 and to UCLA 3-0, and they've fallen two spots, so they're falling, and other teams receiving votes, IPFW received a vote, uh, seven votes, and Harvard received five points, so those two teams could creep up in there. I mean, when you get down to 15, unfortunately, in the men's game, you're covering nearly everybody. You're kind of, you're really pretty far down there when it comes to the number of teams that you're covering. But, yeah, 3-8, and by far the worst record. Ohio State at 5-6, and not a whole lot better. Uh, They're right above that, so they're at number 14. Ball State at 13 has a 7-3 record. You guys are 10-2. and But, uh, Jay, I mean, it's a bias, but I wonder about the competition. You guys took on Nidget, of course, my favorite team, and (laughs) Rutgers-Newark. I mean, you you guys have kind of a, a schedule that really doesn't belie how good or bad you are, so don't you kind of have to live with whatever your early season results were in Hawaii or other non-conference play for how people view your team? 
Well, first of all, I'm not basing our number 12 ranking because we beat Rutgers or NJIT. I'm basing it on the fact that there are some other teams out there that we have beaten, Ohio State twice in 3-0. We beat IPFW, who beat UCLA, by the way, on the first day of the Santa Barbara tournament, if, we, if people forget. And granted, it's two out of three, and maybe you know there were some lineup changes going on. However... You know, people people always want to say, well, this team beat that team, ergo, this team should be ranked higher. Plus, we beat Ball State. And so, there's, I mean, there's some good wins in there. And those teams are not, you know, those aren't fly-by-night teams. Those are solid programs that are on the rise. So, you know, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say that we should be higher than 12. It is what it is. And people are going to, you know, we, we could win a good match, and then all of a sudden we move up one spot, but we lose one match against somebody who's ranked higher than we are, and we drop down out of the polls. And that's kind of how it works. So, you know, and, and you want to take all the matches into consideration. The match against UCLA was our first match of the year. We go five with them and lose 16-14 in the fifth, and we, and we can't bust any higher than 12th. I mean, that's a little bit disingenuous, too. So it, polls are polls. They are what they are. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything in the end. It's not part of the criteria. But it's just one of those things where you're kind of like, all right, I see where the bias comes from, and we move forward. Well, you guys have a, a test coming. We will learn more about your team when you're at Cal State yes. North, at Long Beach, at Loyola Chicago, at Lewis. So mm-hmm. that run, which begins on March 14th at Cal State Northridge, for those that would like to see it, and then the 15th at Long Beach, the 21st at Loyola, 22nd at Lewis. For those two weeks, we will learn a lot about Penn State. Yeah, we will. We'll also learn a lot because Harvard's coming into town, and they're very good. Princeton, we're going to see that following week. I and mean, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, matches in the next eight weeks where we're going to be tested, and that's and that's good. You know, win, lose, or draw. Again, I'm not trying to say that we deserve to be higher than 12th. I'm just saying there's some there's some bias that's stuck in there, and we all know that. So, well, I give you a lot of credit for pummeling Erskine and. <laughs> 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 Give them the respect they're due. Give them the, someday Erskine's going to beat Pepperdine, and then you're really going to hate me because I'm going to I'm going to be all over you. Suck well, we Kevin. can we complain about how this goes, and then realizing that if Penn State wants to come out and and challenge themselves on the West Coast, as you said, you've got to find people with dates available, and you've got to find yep. the money to yep. fly your team out here for mm-hmm. two weeks at a time. Well, yeah. They're playing the people that are there and available hey. that they can schedule with dates. Hey, shovel some driveways for some money over there, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you are just, as much as you are contractually obligated to boost up Pepperdine, I'm contractually obligated to break them down every time that I get a chance. So. <laughs> All right. Listen, I had, I had a week of Taylor's, Robbie. I got to see both of them. I had the opportunity to watch Taylor Crabb on Wednesday against UCLA, and he was nothing short of spectacular. And this oh, yeah. kid, what he does would be awesome at six foot seven. What he does at six foot <laughs> six foot six one stop right there at six foot yeah. is <laughs> astonishing. Good hair day, six two. Kid plays the game. I mean, he kid went legit. off. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's just, he's a jack of all trades, and, you know, he just has such a great range of shots, and the vision that he has is amazing. You know, uh, he just, I, he just brushes off the block, he splits blocks, he frustrates so many defenders, and, man, it's a, he, he's so fun to watch, is just oh, what it comes down to. <laughs> it's just stupid. Let me read you his stat line here. He goes four sets. His team wins, okay? 25-16, 25-20. They lose set three, 22-25. They come back and win set four, 25-23. At UCLA, by the way. Here is Taylor Krabs, the reigning player of the year stat line. 29 kills. One error. 56 attempts. He hits 500. 
He has one service ace, no errors, and that doesn't take into account all the other overpasses and whatnot. 16 digs, which, by the way, led everybody. And he has one stuff, four assists for 33 points. That Are sounds like a Katie Charles line from Juniata days. Oh, Lord. <laughs> awfully nice day. But that, actually, I watched that match. I, I DVR'd it because we had practice. It's the first time I've ever seen Crab play. He lived up to the hype. That's for yeah. sure. Holy um, cow. Yeah. Played for one. Well, you know, Long, Long Beach yes, is, is, you know, on their story side, he's hit double digits in every match this season with five outings with 20 or more kills. That is phenomenal. And basically, they're living and dying by him. If he gets a little help, Long Beach is a tough team to beat. Yeah, I, I think that's the question is, will he get enough help out of Dalton Ammerman? Dalton Ammerman just back, and they, they don't have a lot of balance. They don't have a lot of big bodies, and they are the worst-serving team in the conference. They are not <laughs> there, it, good from the service line. Depends on the line. day I Rob, go with that one. Robbie, you have stats on this more than I do. Is there a day that Long Beach, that, that Taylor Crabb has not been good, that Long Beach has still won pretty handily, or is he pretty much carrying that team by good himself? Question. Good question. From what I can pick out in the stats so far, it's it, if he's not on, Long Beach isn't on. So, uh, you know, if if people figure out a way to shut him down, which it's been difficult, you know, uh, there's a, there's a really good chance that that you know Long Beach will not win that match. Let me yeah, write that down on my scouting report coming up here. <laughs> Hold on. Good good note from Ed Chan. It says uh, Taylor Crab's dad and brother Trevor made the finals as a dinosaur this weekend. So the dinosaur. <laughs> I don't doubt it. I bet his dad could still play at a very high level. I just want to know if they played the song "Everybody Do the Dinosaur." Uh, oh, here's Jeez. <laughs> hey, all right, Jeremy, do something about this. Come yeah. on, man. Hey, that, was, that was on the Juniata men's volleyball warm-up CD one year, so that ought to give you an idea. Of... Nice. Hey, got some nice. heavy questions over there at Juanita. Um, all right. Some, some other information on the other Taylor, because I had the opportunity then to watch the other Taylor against Stanford in a 3-2 match, which was a lot of fun, but kind of displayed the problem Stanford continues to have in the fifth set, as they now have lost four five-setters to good teams. But Taylor Sander of BYU, five sets, 27 kills, Seven errors, 48 attempts, hits 417, has two service aces. Again, a bunch of overpasses to go with that. Six digs, four block assists for 31 points. If you're named Taylor in the, in the MPSF or men's volleyball right now, you're pretty spectacular. That's a ridiculous line. Well, you're getting a lot it of is ridiculous. I, I mean, it's the same thing with BYU. It's, it, get a little help to Taylor Sander, and you're going to win. And that's what's been happening. When Josue Rivera picks up his game, he's playing the Dalton Ameren role for BYU. You know, so right. he, if he gets double-digit kills, chances are BYU's going to get that victory. You know, Dalton Ameren gets double-digit kills, puts you know, chips in a little bit, Long Beach is going to get the victory because the Taylors are going to deliver. That's just a given this season. I, I think that I think along those lines, Robbie, that's a really good point. I, I think more critical than not is how good your support staff is in, in terms of the other players on the court. If the other players are able to hold their own, maybe their numbers aren't quite as high in terms of attempts. But if they're able to at least keep the feet thirty or keep the court thirty feet wide, uh, or hold their end of the bargain when they do get set, and, and average in the you know the the good range of you know three. 300 or so, 250 to 300, that opens up the gate a little bit more for the tailors of the, of the teams to be able to stand up and say, all right, I'm gonna, I'll take the load when it comes to me. But support cast right now is huge. Yes, it is. I mean, it's a long season. These guys only have so much jump coming in a five-set match and need some help there. <clears throat> yep, absolutely. Right. Hey, uh, Ed, let me – 
I was just going to say, Jake, just, those losses, <laughs> well, we, let's put a cap on Stanford here because Stanford has lost four times to top-level competition in five. UCLA, UC Santa Barbara, Long Beach State, and now BYU. And it's worth noting that the fifth set was a complete blowout in this one between Stanford and BYU. It was 15-7, to seven, and at one point it was 6 nothing, 8-1. And at the point it yep. was 8-1, the only one Stanford had was a service error from BYU. So it wasn't wow. until the score became 9-2 that Stanford actually had scored a point for themselves. Wow. That's, that's ahead, quite Jeff. a stat right there. Well, actually, I was, I was going to talk about some other matches across the country, but that's a stat yeah. we're talking about. That's 9-1. That's They're 9-2. That's, that's got to sting a little bit for Stanford, especially being at home. Let me, let me talk about a couple of matches across the country that maybe you guys didn't see. Um, one is Lewis beating Ohio State 3-1, to one, which is uh, a good match for Lewis right now. Ball State beating Lindenwood. Lindenwood's one of those up-and-coming teams that, uh, you know, we keep talking about the Division II ranks. They're, they're starting to do some things in the Midwest that's pretty good there out of the St. Louis area. In the EIBA, the Battle of the Ivy Leagues, Harvard pulling out a 3-2 win over Princeton. That's a good match right there, and a good win by the Harvard Crimson. Uh, Princeton over Sacred Heart University, who is a much improved team this year. Sacred Heart uh, has now got a, had a steady coach for a couple of years that's starting to do some good things. His first name is Kalani. I'm not going to butcher his last name. It's Estafiu, I believe, is, if you say it correctly. Father's a big Greek guy out of Oregon, California. Really nice people. Anyways, Kalani doing some nice things at Sacred Heart. St. Francis in a 3-2 win over Barney's team, NJIT. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Harvard, a 3-0 uh, win over George Mason, who is kind of regrouping this year and, and, and trying to improve. In the um, uh, Conference Carolinas, Lee's McRae, 3-2 win over Pfeiffer. Mount Olive College, 3-1 over Limestone. And in a battle of a first-place team trying to hang on, Mount Olive, 3-2 win over Erskine. That's, that's Barney's new favorite team. We've got to get you a T-shirt from there. And, um, yeah, that's, that's a big win for them. So Erskine holding down right now. They're number one in the conference. Mount Olive is right behind, followed by King, which is out of Tennessee. And if I'm not mistaken, one of your boys from Pepperdine is from Tennessee. Named Scott, Scott Ryan. Scott Ryan. So Tennessee getting a little love here. Uh, this just in, <clears throat> Jeremy Roucher had a victory on the beach this week over Granite. <laughs> 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 Who the hell? Nice limestone? win, Jeremy. Why? Yes. Limestone. limestone. How, do you, how do you defeat Lime- a, a stone? A, a structure <laughs> of- <laughs> Come on now. It's a new... <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's a good program. Limestone is up and coming. They're all up and coming teams. I cannot wait for the day, uh, uh, Barty, until one of those teams flies out and plays Pepperdine. Because we know Pepperdine will never fly out to the Carolinas and actually beats you guys at home. I'm waiting for the day when it happens. Because it will. And when it does, I'm dancing. All right. I, I, I hear limestone thing. Okay, but I also hear they're kind of soft and brittle like shale. You know, I just, <laughs> they lost to the fighting earthquakes. That's what they there's, lost to. There's no school named named Talcum, so I think we're going to be. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough about this. St- 
stuff here. Let's uh, let's talk about this upcoming week and matches that are happening. I'll be at Hawaii USC as Hawaii comes over to the West Coast and plays a couple of matches. I think Hawaii, it will be interesting to figure out where that team stands, but I will be there on Saturday. Guys, what are you watching? Start with Robbie. All righty. Um, I'm actually working the UC Irvine at Long Beach State match on radio, so I'm definitely going to be watching that one, and that is a pretty significant match in the uh, MPSF. Uh, obviously, UC Irvine's coming off a, a pretty decent week with some big wins from top five teams, and Long Beach State coming off the loss to Santa Barbara in three ones. So uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how Long Beach State responds after that. And the other one you, you definitely got to watch is the uh, further on down the week UCLA at Stanford, which is a Monday match. Um, you know, Stanford. I'll do that one as well. Oh, yeah. you're working that one. Well, I'll let you talk yep. about that one. <laughs> so. I, don't, I don't know anything about it. I haven't done any research yet. No. <laughs> well, and then actually the other one is UC Santa Barbara, the, the other hot team, the MPSF, at Stanford as well. So uh, will the, the pin attackers and the Jonas State blocking machine uh, kick it up a level at, at Stanford in a tough place to play at Maples? You know, or will Urban and Cook and, and Sean the boys step it up and, and guard the home turf? Yeah, I think that'll be a five-setter for sure. Yeah, Stanford, for all their issues in five, they have been a very balanced team. And you saw how many kills, I read you how many kills Taylor Sander had on the other side. There were three guys well into double figures and nearly 20 kills each on the other side for Stanford. Yep. I think they continue to be a very dangerous team if they can figure out that fifth set in some of those situations. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I think those are some good matches. I will definitely be keeping my eyes on UC Irvine and Long Beach State. The Black and Blue Series. I remember being a part of that. Oh, yeah. there. That's always fun. <laughs> yep. Uh, I'm going to be watching also UC San Diego versus Cal State Northridge, and here's the reason why. I think I think San Diego, uh, for lack of a better phrase, is probably done. Um, but Northridge is fighting to keep alive in that eighth or ninth spot, and so that, I think I think this is a must-win weekend for them. I think they've got to stay in it to be able to keep some momentum going. I, too, will be watching Hawaii at USC. Hawaii has had a little bit of an easier schedule up front. They haven't traveled much, but recently they played Northridge and Cal Baptist, and so I think those matches for them were, were very good wins, but wins that I think I, that they expected. I'm going to see what they do at USC. I will be watching Santa Barbara at Stanford, <clears throat> see if Santa Barbara can keep this uh, momentum up. I'm going to be watching Lewis at IPFW. IPFW is a good little team, a lot of little Puerto Rican guys. They're doing some really good things on the other side of the net. They're scrappy. They're flyers. They're just really good players. I'm going to be watching that match for sure. I'm going to be watching Loyola at Ball State. I think that's going to be a good match. I'm going to be watching uh, IPFW at Loyola. I'm going to be watching Ball State at Lewis. So that little flip-flop there, travel partners, is going to be a good, little foursome of matches to watch. I'm going to be watching Harvard uh, coming here, obviously, because Harvard's a really good team. I'd like to see them play some more West Coast teams in the future. I think they've got a nice little program going on right now, and we're going to be, uh, we're going to be you know, working hard to take care of them. And last but not least, Princeton versus Concordia Irvine. Concordia Irvine is in transition right now. The word on the street is that they're trying to go NCAA D2. If they do, there's a possibility they may try to join the MPSF, or there might be some splitting action going on here. You might see them kind of pull some teams away and create their own conference. Whether or not that happens or not is obviously completely up to the coaches in those conference. But they're a new team up and coming, and I want to see what Princeton does against them. So those are the matches I'm watching, boys. Love the inside info, Jay. You're insider yep. tech. you got eyes everywhere. 
<laughs> I got people like you has, all over the place, Robbie. He obviously has 50 TVs to watch all those matches. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of streaming devices in the Hosek household. Or the Hosek uh, household you know, I, I'm not... I've not been watching any television. If you've been paying attention on my Facebook, my buddy sent me my new uh, arcade game top, and I've been uh, trying to keep that thing rolling. I'm telling you right now, that is one of the funniest things that I've ever purchased in my life. All the old school 8-bit games like Donkey Kong and Galaga and Pac-Man, and Ms. they're just an absolute blast. Kids nowadays would hate it. Adults absolutely love it, and it's in the man cave. It's a lot of fun. So, <laughs> all right. So when we get the TNL studio together, Jay, we need to have one of those built for the net live. Uh, I will absolutely. Uh, I can hook that up in a heartbeat, and it'll be all dressed up, and it'll say the net live on it. It'll have whatever you want. It's going to be awesome. And again, totally in for K1 racing. Totally in for curling, and uh, looking forward to getting back in studio with you guys soon. <laughs> All right, when you guys are out here, we'll hope to get you in studio, and we'll hope to maybe get you out for an evening. We'll see if Pav will give you the night off so you can come and uh, drive uh, some good cards. I'm sure he will, and Robbie, we're going to go for a surf when I come out there, too. So we'll, do, we'll, we'll handle all of it in one shot. Sounds good. Rock on. Awesome. Hope for more snow right. for you, Jay. Enjoy it. <laughs> I, I wish I was there. And I say that with all uh, honesty. I wish I was there for the snow. People who hate the snow are stupid. I love the snow. They are, it is beautiful, absolutely beautiful out here right now. So I'm loving every minute of it. Fantastic. <laughs> and hey, oh, before we let you go, how about Salima coming back home? That's when we lost you at the very top. You know what? How about that? Uh, Salima Rockwell coming back from Texas. Uh, a, quite, of a, quite a coup, if you ask me. I mean, I know Jarrett was really bummed to lose her, and I'm sure that when the call first came through, she probably went to him and he said, what will it take to keep you? And, you know, I, I, I would be hard-pressed to, to find a better person that they could have found in the country to take over the reins. So that's a really, really great pull by Russ, and it just shows the pull of this program and the pull of his coaching and the opportunities that Penn State's providing. So, you know, good for him, good for the university. University, awesome for the program. The girls love her, and uh, it's just going to be a, a great time here. So, really, really happy to have her back here in, uh, in the blue and white. Fantastic. All right, thanks, gentlemen. Yep. College Bowl Weekly. All right, now. thank you all. Have a good week. We'll See talk you, to you next week. Hey, we'll talk yep. to you in two weeks, actually. I think we're going to miss next week's show because I'll be out doing uh, Monday match. So, all two right. weeks' time. All right. You got it. We'll see you, boys. All right, take all care. Right. Later on. Bye. Bye. You hear Robbie? No. Oh, <laughs> I know. It happens. I hold it down without you, but, you know, whatever. No. You guys want to do the show. It's always here. <laughs> nope. Yeah, exactly. No, uh, congratulations to Slima again on going back. It'll be fun for Jay to have her back there again. Yeah. I like that college football weekend. That was a good discussion with those guys. That was fun. Uh, let's take a short break, and I want to come back. We'll talk to. We'll talk about Mount Rushmore. Yep. We'll get to Mount Rushmore. We'll also get to the four pillars. John Sparrow's four pillars. I think this is something people can take and put in their program. I think we also need to touch on the Gary Sato situation. Yeah, and we will have Sato coming up soon. Yep. But we will touch on the Gary Sato situation. Sato. Four pillars. Sato. Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. Can't wait. After the break. Here on the Net Live. Wait for it. Okay.
Welcome back to the Net Live here on Volleyball Magazine. Just concluded College Volleyball Weekly, the ABCA College Volleyball Weekly. Thanks to Jay and Robbie for the more lively versions of that we've ever had. Lots of fun, and hope you have an opportunity to catch some of those matches. I will be out at Hawaii USC on Saturday at USC. That'll be a lot of fun. And then the Stanford match on Monday. Looking forward to that. Stanford, UCLA. Monday match, huh? Monday match, yeah. TV, man. TV. So that should be fun. It does uh, kill off this show because I leave in the morning and come back the following morning. It's all good. There you go. That's the way it happens. Too bad you're not going to Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, no joke, huh? That'd be nice. I'm actually going to be in studio. I won't even be on site. Oh. In studio for the Stanford match. So I fly to San Fran, but I go to the studio rather than driving down to Palo Alto and Stanford. Which means I don't get to go to Life Kitchen and I don't get to go to Freshie. Or however you would say it. Fresh. Is there a life kitchen in My Manhattan Beach place? now? Probably. Manhattan? I think so. There's one down here somewhere. There's one in Century City. There's a couple of them now. I would Google that. Is there one in Manhattan Beach? I think so. Oh. oh. <laughs> that is one of my favorite restaurants in Palo Alto, I know what for lunch. <laughs> life kitchen, one of my favorite. L-Y-F-E. Actually, great story because I was flying up to Stanford for a match a fall ago and reading Wired Magazine. There was a big article in Wired about this opportunity to change the paradigm for fast food and the way it's gluten-free and this everything else, right? It's about Life Kitchen. I'm reading this thing on a flight. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a second. It says it's in Palo Alto. I'm going to Stanford. It's right there. So sure enough, I read the article on the way up randomly and was in the restaurant full an on, hour later. Full-on light bulb went on above your head, too. Bing! Yep. It's good. <laughs> Delish? Oh, good. So, good. so good. Okay, good to know. I recommend the barbecue chicken flatbread. They used to have a lovely beet and gorgonzola salad, but they don't have that anymore. Kind I of feel like people off. should be drinking right now, too. A banana kale smoothie is a must. Oh, nice. Their baked sweet potato fries are lovely. Delish. And I, I bet everything else in the menu is good. I have a hard time not ordering the barbecue chicken flatbread because it's so freaking tasty. Yeah. I go for breakfast a lot. Yeah? Egg so white, give us your... Spinach frittata. Awesome. Interesting. Awesome. I'm hungry now. 
Mm-hmm. I have a problem. I get stuck in a rut with good places. It's like, oh, that, that one problem? item is so good. I just can't yeah, I, I not order to, my I hard to venture away. I yeah. Like, and, I have to go twice in a week because then I would venture. Yeah. Like if I go, like, idea. once a month, then it's like I can't. It's going to be the same thing. Yeah. Because it's so good. Yeah, because yeah, you're back. You're like, oh, i got to have that again. But I also like to, when I go to a new place that's looking good, and there's a lot of menu items, like, what do you guys do well? What's, your, what's a really good dish? Ask the server. Ask them to yeah, recommend correct. something. Of course. But don't recommend the lamb. I don't like lamb. <laughs> Just, do you get mad no. at them? Damn don't it. say lamb. <laughs> I have trouble at Greek places because it's like, what would you like? The fried lamb, the baked lamb, or the lamb lamb? <laughs> I don't want any of those. <laughs> Especially the lamb lamb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lamby lamb? I don't want a lamby lamb. Well, if you go to Life Kitchen in the fall, they do like a sweet potato and Brussels sprout side dish that is mm, awesome. <laughs> that's like everything that's right with food right there. <laughs> Interesting. Wait, is it the fall right now? No, we're in the no, we're Brussels still, sprouts and sweet potatoes. We're still winter. I will have to go to Life Kitchen. All right, I lied. Tarzana and Culver City. Oh, Tarzana, Tarzana is not close. I, don't, I have no idea where that is. Culver <laughs> City Culver City is good. It's near me, so I'm good with that. I, I would say University Ave and whatever the next street over, which is where Life Kitchen is located there in Palo Alto, those are two of my favorite streets for food. Just walk down the street, you will find some great places to have food. Phil's Coffee. Oh, have you been to Phil's? No. Phil oh. Dollhauser? P H I L Z Phil's Coffee. Oh, I'll have Great. to go there. Check it out. Okay, Freshy yogurt. Really, good. really good. Oh man. Chocolate and raspberry. I threw flaxseed on there. So good. Really? Yeah. I, I that's what I was like. Flaxseed. Put it on there. It's really good. But I would say comparable to those two streets, you go to Century City right now. They have an amazing set of restaurants as well. If you're walking up and down, they're the doing a better there. job over there. Or not Century City. Sorry, Culver City. Culver City. It used to be awful. But yeah, it's gotten a lot better. Yeah, my, my favorite Gentrified. is Abbott Kinney in Venice. It's a nice street too. We went to First mm. Friday with food trucks all oh. down the street. Awesome. Oh, bring the kids everywhere. It's a really good time. It's I'm really hungry. That's like San Francisco. I want to go to San Francisco just to eat for like three days because <laughs> they have some great food there too. Just to eat. Why are you here? Business? Nope. You eat. You can take your car so you can do some drifting. Yeah. <laughs> San Francisco Drift? Yes, exactly. <laughs> we could film that. Yep. Hey, uh, the rules for the FIVB. This is something that we wanted to address. A huge rule change. I was looking, too. It looks like it's a. they're testing it out on the lower ranks FIVB. It's not officially implemented yet. No? Is what I'm you were reading, I'm glad you were reading up. Because it, here, here's what they want to do. Volleyball Canada has confirmed that these rule changes are, in fact, real and will be tested at the upcoming FIVB Beach Volleyball event. Yes, he tested. Okay, blocking contact. A block contact, this is now from the rule book, a block contact is not counted as a team hit. Consequently, after a block contact, a team is entitled to three hits. It says it should say, like, contacts with the ball yep. to return the ball. It's just like indoor now. Yes. Beach, you want to be treated like indoor? Here we go. I, I like this change on, on first glance because, and we were chatting earlier, about the touch on the beach. If you touch the ball, slow it down, whatever, redirect it so your guy can dig it, your partner digs the ball, you've effectively created, in most cases, a zero. Because he digs it, you free ball it over, tap it over, put it over in some fashion that is not a swing. You haven't really benefited your team. Yes, you've staved off a point, but you haven't really swung the momentum in the rally your way. You're just sort of giving the other team another opportunity to take another big swing and defeat your block the second time. I like this because now if you, if you touch it to a point where your partner can handle it, now you can get the full benefit of it. 
now you can get somebody in transition hit the ball. Well, you'd made a comment off air, too, that if you are the defender or the blocker and you touch it, you're basically not, currently in the current system, you're not necessarily being rewarded for affecting the play um, because then you have, you have to go over right away. Yeah, you saved a point, maybe. Yeah. But you've cost your team by touching it. So if your guy would have dug it anyway, but you touched it like fingernail touch, yeah. now you've actually cost your team. Yeah. It's a negative for your side. And uh, the purists will probably decry this as they have the setting rules and any other changes, the size of the court, the incorporation of antennas, is all sending the game to hell, the changing of the ball from the heavy spalding, all these different things. I imagine the purists who don't like any sort of change and feel like it should be 1950s America with volleyball. But it's not like there's not pressing. Like, because it's going on indoor already, if they would say you could open hand receive a serve, then I would be a little bit upset on the beach. If you kept the court big, I think you could justify an overhand serve receive. It's still up. It would upset me. I still hate the overhand serve receive indoor, so I'm Why? on that one. Yeah, I'm with I, you. Don't like, I don't think it requires as much skill. I think it re- rewards a little bit of laziness. Well... Ooh, and when we, and when we were in Seattle, yes, Rosenthal made a good point too, like of getting away with just scrubbing the double period, mm-hmm. because, and it was his analogy, which I thought was funny. He was like, a quarterback who doesn't throw a spiral doesn't get penalized. True, and you don't benefit your team. Not throwing a spiral makes the pass worse. Not handling the ball cleanly makes the play worse. And frankly, in my mind, this sport, which I love and have played and still sit here and talk about every week, it needs fewer stoppages. It's got too many stoppages. It's but, dumb to have the officials blowing the whistle so much. Well, and some of it's subjective, too, because it happens so quickly. But I don't, I don't want to take the skill out of the game. That, that does bother me a little bit. You take some of the skill out of the game, then every Joe Schmo who already thinks that they can walk off their church's practice squad that they play once a week and make it on the national team will think that they can, they're even better now. Okay, if Joe Schmo can hatchet the ball <laughs> and make a good set every time, good for you. You have some very nice scissor hands. Yes. I just don't think that's going to happen. Well, I think with the level of athlete we have, the expectation should be that they can master the skill. I mean, but all if they chuck is... a ball once, why are we blowing an extra whistle? Yeah, but that's the thing. It's not, it, it's not right now. Time. It would happen just once because the guys are good. But if growing up, you're not taught to handle it cleanly. I mean, you are, but if you're not being penalized for not handling it cleanly, then you get lax. It's going to get. It's going to get over time. It'll get worse. But back to the rule that's actually happening, not the one that. <laughs> Hold on, though. Hold <laughs> on, though. Yeah, not the one that I'm making up in my <laughs> head. Yeah. Hold on, because my point is this: you actually do get penalized for poor technical capability because the result of your poor technical capability, presumably, is that the ball does not go to where it needs to be for your partner. It is not a good play, and you have to let the good plays prevail. I would rather see one less whistle or over the course of a match, say, three or four less whistles and stoppages of play over ticky-tack, because sometimes you have referees that are calling it really close, really close, especially on the beach which has enough stoppages, enough dead time, and not enough depth anyway. You, you don't need another one just for the people that go, oh, my God, back in 82, like, we handled the ball perfectly. It never had any spin. Because, by the way, that's what guys wide. in 82 sound like. That was their accent. No, oh, that's they, them now because they're old. Oh, gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> Before I was born, so let's go ahead and Ooh, go with that. burn. <laughs> yeah, but those people, like, stop, no, stop. It's called progress, you know? We, we have airbags in cars, too. Like, we're not – 
you're not you're, driving a, you're a 77 Chevy. To, to airbags and cars right now. <laughs> we might be going it's a little called off the progress. It's progress. It's the evolution of the sport. We don't need everything to remain the same. But that's we don't have a Norman Rockwell painting of someone on the beach in 1987. Were you born then? I was four years old. Okay. <laughs> What's the argument going to be for the people, the purist, going to be for this rule that they're not happy with it? Because it's happening indoor already. And I would think indoor, because there's nine million people on the court, you could even say like the block should count because there's it's going to be easier for somebody on your side of the court to touch it than there is on the beach when there's just two of you. Like, if I'm playing on the beach and I'm going to the left from the right side of the court because I think that's where the hit's going and my blocker is foolish and just dips his hand into it and touches it and changes direction, it's way harder for me to go get that in the sand than it is Kevin, who's 6'7", that can just lay down and touch the other side of the court. It's usually what I did in defense, just lay down. Just lay down and just Isn't let it hit you. Come to me! Defense. Just lay down and so just, just lay down yeah, and let, let it hit, hit me. Hey, don't penalize us because we can hit. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> We're back on the oh, man, again. where's my ding button? <laughs> round, round one. Ding, 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 ding. Jay, where's Jay? That's what we've been waiting two weeks for. Kevin and Katie just to go at it. Hey, we got into it last week. It was a good start. <laughs> no, I, I like... I like the rule change, personally. I, I think it benefits your team. I think it gives you the benefit of making a good play, touching, reading the, the hitter, touching the ball, slowing it down, directing it to your, your partner. I'll I think be, it's a good change. I'll be curious to reach out to some of the beach players this week and ask them what they think about it. I mean, obviously, they haven't played, haven't played that way yet. Yeah. Um, but the net rule came into effect last year. Um, and what I noticed more is a lot more beach players going under the net than I'd ever seen in mm. 10 years prior yeah. to that. That's dangerous. In one tournament, I saw it more than I'd seen in 10 full seasons on was, the beach. Was Tanner Jansen playing? I did not see him. <laughs> okay. <there>. Um, <laughs> but I, I, you know, thinking about this, like I don't, most people's, I think, reaction to something to change is like, ooh, no, 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 don't do that. Because that's their just immediate reaction. Um, that was not my immediate reaction to this, especially after... Um, what you said, Kevin, about it not necessarily you're playing decent defense and you touch it or you, you know, it takes that away from you. You're not necessarily, it's not an advantage for you, but I'm playing good defense. I get a good touch on the block. You know, I should be rewarded for that. Especially sure. when I get a touch on the block, I should definitely be rewarded for that. <laughs> I want to give you, a, it does not. I want to give you John Sparrow's four pillars. Okay. Here, here are John Spraw's four pillars when he's dealing with his teams on how you should treat the game, treat your team, treat your pursuance, pursuance of volleyball. It. One, effort. Two, your team is a family. Three, respect for your opponent. Four, personal responsibility. I like those. I like those a lot, and it, it reminds me of, I forget who it was that said it. It may have been John. It may have been another coach who was on the show. It was, and it may have been John. It, it was recognize greatness in your opponent. Mm-hmm. Something I should have done more as a player. I does say that, it now as a broadcaster. Does that go with respecting your opponent, though? Like It does. Okay. It does. If somebody makes a great swing, shit, that was a great swing. Yeah, good job. Good for you. Good work. That you went OT, like, I'm a world-class athlete, jump high, get over the net, made a good block move, and you went straight over the top of me. With ease. What a play. <laughs> and then move on. But you've got to recognize the greatness. Personal responsibility. Can't argue with that. 
Uh, 100%. Your team is a family. That's important, and I've seen teams that lose that. Well, you spend so much time with them, probably more than your family. Sometimes. And sometimes that has its own problems, of course. Um, but but you, you lose sight of that because the competition is so intense, because everything you do is related to your profession, your living, once you get to the international level. Mm-hmm. You sometimes lose sight of the fact that you're all working towards the same goal. And effort, well, that's an obvious one for me, but it's not obvious for everybody, especially in the collegiate levels where you have kids that are on teams that, you know, maybe it's not what they're going to do. Remember a, a guy, Derek Beard at Pepperdine saying, all you guys ever do is talk about volleyball. Why do you talk about volleyball all the time? Well, Derek, that's what we do. <laughs> you know, uh, that's, that's who we are. We're volleyball people. We're not, we're not at school for other reasons primarily. We are here to be volleyball players. So I just think those are good. Effort, your team as a family, respect for your opponent, and personal responsibility. Take those to heart. If you're a coach, take those to your team. And more importantly, embody that in what you're doing when you're coaching your team. Preach that. Adhere to that. I know John, John adheres to it. He's a big character guy, big process guy, and if you are not meeting his expectations for those things, you will be off the team. Mm-hmm. And you have seen changes in the UCLA roster with that in mind. Of course, there are people that are no longer there, and it's not performance reasons. It's other stuff related to those four pillars. So I like those. Mount Rushmore, before we go. Here's, let's just, let me clarify LeBron James, who should be on his basketball Mount Rushmore. This is where this started. Should be Bill Russell. Who did he, uh, is this who he said? No, I don't even remember who he said. I think he left Bill Russell off. He didn't. Oh, that's, that I actually yeah. didn't know who that's he was. That's poor. It's okay. Bill Russell has, he won a championship his first year in the league and his last year, and there was 11 of them in between. And he was a coach well, and player. and his name is on the MVP trophy that LeBron has won twice. Correct. So we're going to throw that out there. Yeah. So Bill Russell. Okay. Oscar Robinson. Michael Jordan. And then the last one is going to have to rotate between Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. I, I can't decide who would be there. <laughs> Magic yeah. Bird? Yeah, like they just literally, like their faces just rotate. Like one on Monday, it's Magic. The next day, it's Bird. Like they just rotate back and forth. Which is better, Larry Johnson or Magic Bird? Magic Bird. Magic better. Bird, yeah. Larry Johnson just sounds like another guy. Uh, by the way, it is. <laughs> uh, uh, Oscar Robinson uh, averaged the triple-double one year. In Crazy. Triple-double. Crazy. By the way, Michael Jordan, member of the Bulls. My home team. I'm an NBA follower. Didn't that's okay. That no, that's fine. You don't have to. Bill Russell, player coach at one point, won a championship. Yeah. Crazy. Um, so Mount Rushmore, they, uh, because of this, the AVP yesterday on Twitter was asking a lot of people like who their Mount Rushmore is. And uh, it's so, oh, man, it's tough. And it could, some of it could be generational too. Like, do you put Phil Dahlhauser on there? There are tough choices to be yeah. made in this. You can't, I mean, your magic bird is sort of a cop-out. Of course it is. It, it's 100% hard. it is, because I can't... I mean, it is 100% a cop-out. It's hard to do four. Well, let's let's make the short list. Is Phil on the... I don't... Uh, really? Already? Is, I mean, Already? Well, I want you to know Jeremy gave me the wrong homework, because he didn't mention it was beach, so I went straight to the indoor. No, you're, no that's we're fine. Get to you. That's good, because get I can't that. do indoor, so that's good. So Perfect. Don't yell at me already? on air, Katie. No, let's, <laughs> let's just go back. So you wouldn't Google. Start so with the go. obvious. We're gonna, Karch? We're going to pin down one spot, Karch. Karch is on. All right. So we pinned down one spot. We have three left for everybody else. Sinjin. Yep. Well, what about Randy? I think you would put Kent on there before Randy because Kent and Karch were the winningest team of all. Kent. Men's side. Randy. What? A, well, okay. Now we in have, my in my professional opinion we have a Dodd Hov problem. Those are. Uh, I know you have too many. Well, we're going to have to choose somebody, but keep let's keep going with the list here. 
Does anybody from the 01 to 10 era make it? Phil could be in the discussion. Put Phil in there. Lambert, too short a career. Stein, too short a career. Not, a, not even, a Mount Rushmore. You could even talk about Todd. Todd is up there with like 70-some-odd victories. Okay, Todd. And a gold medal. We're just talking about guys right now. Correct. The mixed gender would be a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> just incredibly difficult. You're going to leave every, so many people off. I mean, because you're going to have to go Misty Carey, right? Is that one spot? Are we morphing people's faces again? No. Misty Carey, separate spots. They've earned it. McPeak, yeah. And then I was going back and forth between EY or Bob, Barb Fontana. Oh, Barbara Fontana is wonderful. And I needed to look. I, 18 years on the AVP. I and I needed to look up victories, but I did not between the two of them. Yeah. Well, but you, maybe you go older. Somebody who originated it, right? True. I mean, that's, that's about, and, the, it's and, about the founders. But some of the two. You go like Patty Bright. Yeah. You go Patty Bright or something, you know? Uh, because it depends on how you take this. Like we have to, we, you know, who you didn't mention Jim Menges. Yep. Right. Ron Von Hagen. Von Hagen. I mean, there's, I mean, there's just tons of people. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're talking about the founding fathers, maybe. So maybe a Menges, Hagen, Von Hagen, Karch, Sinjin thing makes sense. Karch is on, I mean, Karch is unanimous, right? Yeah. Karch is on there. First ballot, unanimous. But the guys who built it before him, you're talking about... Where's the Bill Russell before Karch? You know what I'm saying? We're going to leave somebody off. Of course. But I think I think the Kents, the Randys, the Dodd Hobb, the Phil Todd, I, I think when it comes down to four, you have to take those guys out. Who? All those guys I just mentioned. When it comes down to four people. No, just you four. can only choose four. You have to have some of these old guys on there. Well, you have they built. You, no, you're right. Four. You're 100 percent correct. You have to have people that made it available for Karch, for Todd, for Phil, for Casey Patterson. Like you have to have somebody on there that, if it wasn't for them, these guys wouldn't be here right now. Correct, because it is sort of a founding fathers type. Correct thing. Yep. But Karch is on there for sure. <laughs> Did I mention Karch? Maybe a couple times. Okay. Make sure you drive that point home. Okay. Well, there's there's no... Are you looking for a dispute? <laughs> no. No, I'm not, actually. I just keep saying it. Just, just checking. Yeah. Just checking. All right. So... I think the women's side is a little bit more difficult because they didn't necessarily have a two-person tour as long as the men have. You can have some of the founders and things like that, but Karen Misty have to be on there, and so that only leaves two more spots. Right. So here's who's on there. George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Theodore Roosevelt, and Abraham Lincoln. And this is not on the volleyball uh, <laughs> Mount Rushmore. <laughs> you're, looking, you're looking at some hugely important people. Mm-hmm. Roosevelt gets in. But you're not adding, you don't have any modern day people in there. Well, yeah, well, it wasn't built. It was finished in 41. Well, before, that, that, that was before Katie and I were born. It took 14 years. <laughs> 14 years to do that. Well, wow. at that time, Roosevelt would have been relatively... He was relatively modern. Yeah, because the New Deal and right. coming out of the Depression. And, but yeah. Jefferson, Lincoln, Washington... Like if they well. did it nice. So if they did you, it you now. You one current. So there's your Karch. Karchy. There's your sort of Karch. Mm-hmm. Relatively recent. There's lots of Von Hagen... And, and your Sinjin. There's lots of Von Hagen, Mangus, Smith, Karai on the chat board. 
I, I think that's a good list. Mazakian, Matthews, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like those. From the Patty Dodd, side. for sure. Patty Dodd, Carolyn Kirby. I, I, I like those names. Hmm. Tough. It Very is. tough. I mean, <laughs> seriously. Like, I mean, after Carrie Misty, who, again, are for sure on there. I mean, I think Holly needs to be on there as well. Then there's that leaves one more spot. I think I if you know. had somebody, kind of. I know. Had you, yeah, Mazakian. Had had you built it, and then Misty Carey came along. I think you have to scrape somebody off. Yeah. <laughs> or add, add six. Your, your well, because fifth they, because Carey and Misty are like Michael Jordan. Like Michael Jordan did so much for the game, but the game wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for Magic and Bird before him, and then Bill Russell before Magic and Bird. Right. But like the guys today, no guy today currently deserved to be on the Mount Rushmore because... Did the, he put himself on? I don't no. remember. I don't think he did, it was no. Magic, Bird, Oscar Robertson, and, and George. Jordan. Yeah. Okay, so I can't, we can't fault LeBron for No, that. no. And That's some a of good it, list. And if you, you left Bill Russell and off, generational too. and you left Wilp off. Yeah. Well, that's... Yeah. The best thing, like they were talking about on TNT, like uh, Bill Russell went up to LeBron and... Jokingly with him, but told him and like gave him all of his stats, and at the end of it said, "And that's etched in stone." <laughs> <laughs> like literally, is like I won eleven NBA championships. Eleven. I won, I won my 11. first year, my last year. I was MVP. Blah blah blah. I averaged blah 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 blah. And at the end, uh, that's etched in stone. Well, the By the way, LeBron, <laughs> eleven. Oh, that's ridiculous. And the best part was, he said, "To leave me off, it's a team sport." And I'm like, okay. It is a team. I mean, that's is the other thing, like. It is a team sport. Like, would Jordan have been Jordan without Scottie Pippen? No, but Jordan's Chicago Bulls team would beat every yes. other team. Every, yes. every, every, every team. Other team. They beat LeBron today. Oh, yeah. Period. 100, they would beat the Miami Heat today. Yes. For sure. Oh, yeah. Yes. They would beat the Spurs today. I don't know that much about They would that beat the Celtics can... before them. Yep. They beat the Showtime Lakers. Mm-hmm. I was, at the, at I was the end of the Showtime Lakers. But I yes. was there. I was at the forum in my Bulls gear. Nice. Championship. They beat the Bad Boy Pistons after a couple years of not. Yep. All right, let's get to the indoor, because you did your homework on the indoor. I did my homework on the indoor. Got a couple holes in it, but I did my homework well, on the we'll indoor. Well, we'll fill that. It's no problem. All right. Well, and I also went coaching. I told him he had to uh, come up with the Mount Rushmore of coaching, and he uh, laughed at me. I am not qualified. Told him to figure out Google. No. All right, so what are we talking about? In, indoor what? Indoor, just indoor in general. Indoor, okay. Well, and the thing is, I kind of went hybrid, because my women's indoor list is Logan Tom. Really? Misty May, just Logan? in general. Yeah. No, you, I don't think you can put Misty on the indoor one. I, well, I put it in volleyball in general. She was my one beach person that I threw in there. Okay. And then Flo Hyman. Yeah, Flo. You've got to have Flo. And then I was struggling. I thought Paula, Paula Weishoff in that <clears throat> next spot. Those were my four. Hmm. Paula could play today. She might want to because <laughs> her team has not been very good. Every now and then good. she wants to jump on the court. I have a feeling. Yeah, yeah. I can do this better get than a little you. Testy. Paula Weishoff, uh, if you see her, if you run into her, be careful. She will go OT. She's just she she spike was an on you incredible right now. player. I mean, love it. I didn't start volleyball till late in life. I didn't start till I was in high school, and even her name is somebody that even I knew yeah. back in the East Coast, where volleyball was nothing. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, she's amazing, and she she's married to a rocket scientist. Yeah, literally, literally a rocket. When scientist. he hands his business card to somebody, I'm so and so, job description, rocket scientist. It should just say that, right? I mean, because that's always the that thing. That would be awesome. It's not rocket science. Well, mm, actually, actually, actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, are you qualified to talk about? Yes, yes, I, am. I actually am a rocket. <laughs> I am a rocket I scientist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, on the men's side, I went Loy Ball, 
Okay. Cars mm-hmm. cry. And <laughs> not to let, hopefully he's listening and he doesn't get a big ego of this, but I had read pretty on there just for longevity reasons. Interesting. Been around a long time. And then I really could not fill that fourth spot. I was Katie struggling with that wants to one. come back to the next Well, line. you need some knowledge. You, you need a Timmons. Yeah. That one. I mean, there were a bunch in that next group, but I uh, couldn't pull the trigger. Just so I enough. Yeah. I was asking this to Nicole last night is if Reed makes the next Olympics, is that four for him? Four. 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 I've never spelled divert like the same twice. Um, all right, ball. Sure. The problem with that is it's going to take up a lot of space. It actually has a physically large melon. <laughs> uh, Man, I, I hope he's listening to this. Put him on it. I'm just physically kidding, boy. Physically large melon. It's like a size 10 hat. I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> I'll put Lloyd. Yeah, Lloyd Karch. He could wear Pharrell's hat and it would fit him perfectly. Pretty... Not enough. Gold medalist in eight. Played well in 12. But I'm just looking at years he's put in. I mean, he's, yeah. and he's played long at a position that is physically incredible. And played at a high level. And played at a high level. But what about Stavertlik? What about... <laughs> I'm too young to remember. Yeah, that. see, that's, probably, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, some of it's generational. <laughs> yeah, like, LeBron's is a little bit I generational. Mean, I, Steve Timmons is one that I thought Timmons, would be in there. Stavertlik. I, mean, I mean, some people want to put powers in there. Yeah. But for me, I, I have no ref, no frame of reference on them at all because I just came to the sport way too late. For By the way, Karch makes both beach and yes. indoor uh, Mount Rushmore. Just going to throw that out there. Yeah, I mean, you're the player of the century. Yeah. That well, happens. and Missy May, I put her on there because I was thinking overall I beach and indoor. Because she transferred from being an outside to a setter and then still won a national championship at Long Beach. So she mastered two positions in an attempt on the indoor. And then she went to the beach and just Dumb blew it up. College so, doesn't mean enough for me. But she won three gold medals. Beach. She transitioned between I'll give you two beach. sports where she was Oh, I, that's incredible. what you're saying. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll give you beach. I'll again, give you the overall. I didn't have enough information. I went with women's volleyball in general. That's the whole no, thing. That's fine. To one. She was that. not a good national team athlete. Didn't make an Olympics indoors. Yeah, she found, she found a way to be in the Olympics regardless. So for me, that's the kind of athletic competitor I want. No, the, no, the three golds. I'll give you the beach, but I'm not giving you the, the indoor. If we're making an indoor list, she's not on the indoor list. On your indoor list. Yeah. How, what did she do indoors? This collegiately. What did you internationally She's on indoors? Katie's indoor list. She's not on your indoor okay. list. Fine. <laughs> you put... Remember, we had this discussion earlier. So hold on. So hold on. Is Carrie on your indoor list? No. Carrie made an Olympic team indoors. Oh, yeah. When I was doing this list, I wasn't thinking about purely beach or indoor. I was thinking yeah, about if there's a crossover, if there's something else. So Missy made my list. I think that would be what even... she's done for both sports. Okay. I think that'd be even tougher. I try not to think it. of them as separate sports. It's volleyball to me. So oh, that's cool. a little different. Okay. Well, it came up. Obviously, I went beach because the AVP asked the question and their beach. So that's Again, right. information you left out of no, your No, Katie, that, that's, why, that's why I didn't give you that information because you had a lot more information than I would have. <laughs> what about Stork? Indoor. Men's. Stork. I don't know enough. I honestly don't know enough about men's. Yeah, that's tough. Rita Crockett. The Rocket. Yeah, thank you. you The Rocket Crockett. It is tough to do that because you have to go back and look at, okay, who are some of the people that help put the sport on the map that may not have the numbers that some of the people today have. 50% of our problem as a sport is the younger generations don't know who Phil Hyman is or who Jeff Stork and Steve Timmons are or... They don't know who Reed Pretty is. They don't, they they don't know who Logan Tom is. The couple of the kids that I talked to, like, they can't even by name the, way. the kids, people on our current Olympic rosters. No, no, don't ask Kevin about that. Houston Supercross last year. Here we go. <laughs> There's a JVA tournament going on literally at the building next door in Houston. Those that have been there, the Astrodome, Reliance Stadium, and a huge expo center are all one piece. There's a tournament going on. I walk into my hotel because I'm there for Supercross. 
drink. I hit the, bu- the button for the elevator. Elevator opens. Out walks a volleyball coach I know. What's happening? Where am I? The space-time continuum. Is <laughs> Somebody crossed the stream because here comes a volleyball coach that I know. So later I get in the elevator. I'm there for a couple of days. And I have a bunch of junior kids around me with knee pads on, bags, so on. Hey, you guys know uh, Heather Bound? Daniel Scott Did we have the cricket sound effect? Because that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Straight Staring crickets. Through. These are multiple-time Olympians, two-time silver medalists. Crickets. I bet they knew Carrie and Misty, though. Mm-hmm. These are indoor players. I bet I guarantee you that those kids knew Carrie and Misty. Sure did. Yep, as Olympians. Probably true. So, yeah, we have a problem. Sport has a problem. All right. Who goes on your coaches, Mount Rushmore? Oh, oh good Lord. <laughs> well, there you go. all right. You got to put Beal on there. Okay. First gold medal for the Americans, 84, out of nothing, out of obscurity. Mm-hmm. Beal. Dunphy? I like Dunphy. Al Skates. Skates? Well, and then I, for me, having learned the history of coaching, Marilyn Nolan went on there. She won the first two incarnations of the Women's National Championship at Sewell Ross State in no man's land, Texas. Marilyn Nolan? And beat uh, Long Beach State in 70 and 71 for the first two national championships in women's volleyball. Marilyn Nolan. I don't know who that is, but yes. And then I, I mean, personally, I'm a little biased, but Larry Bach goes on mine. He's the winningest coach in the history of our sport at the collegiate level. Larry Bach? Yep. Do you have to save a spot on there for Spraw at one point, especially if he does well with does the men's McCutcheon go on? national team? Two different men's Ooh. and women's, and now college where they're... That's true, he did both. Yeah. And such a stately-looking dome. <laughs> it's a good head for that Mount Rushmore there. He's not even from here. <laughs> yeah, but he's he's, he's, from, he's from Middle Earth, but he's coaching our... Well, our national was George team. Washington from here? Yeah, do you save a spot? I mean, was his family from here? Nobody was from here. Exactly. Spraw makes round two. He makes the Hall of Fame for sure, but... Is it too early? Yeah. Yes, too yes, early. yes, it's too it's early. Too early. Still don't know what but you put a spot on there, just, you put a spot on there just in case. Look at the part of the There's mountain. There's an extra box. part of the mountain, just <laughs> smooth right here. Uh, yeah. There's an extra box. There's an extra box. But yeah, interesting. The Hugh. question is, how many pictures does Gardhoff make for today's? Uh... No, Gardhoff's head is exploding right now. He doesn't know what to do. I just want to see a little red Jeremy. Yeah, Hugh McCutcheon on Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Hugh McCutcheon standing on top. I think I think maybe you have a. A Southern Hemisphere installation is just him. Same size, but just his head. You know, there's four heads in the North American installation, but the same area that covers is just Hugh's head down in New Zealand because he's that big on that island. I mean, he united the rings, no? (laughs) 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 One ring to rule them all. Yeah, great discussion. Hey, AVP, way to go, buddy. Treat AVP as though it's a person. Way to go, fella. The best part, I mean, it, it is a great... Banikowski, interesting. Like, there's obviously a couple... Texas Troll. On coaches, beach players, indoor players, men, women, that, okay, for sure, like, everybody's like, yes, everybody can agree on one, it's two people. It's the three and four, you're just like, oh, man, like, you could just, you could rotate. It's, it's difficult. Again, some of us could be generational. Some of us could be like, who do we know? Who, Russ who did I get to see in person for 10 straight years? I mean, there's all... Man. Well, we have to talk Dave Shoji. Russ Rose. Russ Rose. I mean, we're, we're talking about only collegiately now for coaches, but Russ Rose has won 65 national championships. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what to do. I love it. It's great. It's a great, like if you're in a room full of volleyball people like that, like I would love to know who. That 
We are right now, Kevin. We are right now. Like, I would love to know Spraw's Mount Rushmore. Let's let's be clear. This room is not full. The home court is not that small. (laughs) We could have a few more folks. That's true. That should be the... If you're calling in from here on out, you better have an opinion on Mount Rushmore. Yeah, but I would love to know Carrie Misty's Mount Rushmore, who their Mount Rushmore would be. Would they put themselves on there? Uh, I yeah, if you're them, it's an ego, egotistical thing to do in, in the outward view of it. But in reality, could on, I just right, be like, look, on. I'll put you on there for yourself, so you don't have to say it. Name the other two. Give me two other. Give me two spots. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good way to go yeah. about it. That's a good way to go. Yeah. About it. All right. I think we've given uh, people everything here. That we wanted to get. Yeah, we've, we've, Mount done, Rushmore. we've done so good this week, we're going to take next week off. Email us, thenetlive at gmail.com. Tell us your <laughs> Mount Rushmore or post on our Facebook page, man, facebook.com slash thenetlive, and let us know what you think about pillars of volleyball. That was good. I want to stop photobombing Spraws. It was actually wasn't even an article about him, it was about um, Andrea Becker. Andrea Becker. There was a photo of the two of them on the bench, and I was in the background. <laughs> That's all I looked at. Sorry, I, guys. Sorry. Sorry. I photobombed you. I was supposed to feature those people. I was like, oh, NetLive shirt. Coincidentally, it's at the NetLive. <laughs> no. I was at Polly with the blue NetLive shirt on, by the way. Nice. Thanks for being here. Thanks to Jay and Robbie for being a part of the show. Thanks for coming down again, Katie. You bet. It's fun having you. Two hours on the couch, you know, hanging out. In the home court. Again, that sounded... Standing on a bench in Las Vegas. For it's not days. that couch. <laughs> no. You said some other things oh, today. <laughs> what did you say earlier? Forte? What did he say to you? Fortuitous. 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 Yeah. Look it up. Oh, I know what it means. Look it up. Thanks, Robbie. We will We will be effortlessly. She's showing her house. It's showing super hostage. She's trying to think about it. So, there you go. That's what she's trying to do. We'll get Salima on the program. Maybe we'll come with the pay. She's trying to move. No, they're not recruiting her out of the road or anything. We'll be on the show. We will get Gary Sato back in the States. Katie Charles had proof of life on Gary Sato in Vegas. Good shot of you in the stock. Because when you come back from Japan, the first stop is Vegas <laughs> for a volleyball tournament. That's, You're tired of playing. That's actually really funny. You're tired of playing pachinko. You have to come to Vegas for some real action, some real betting. You're tired of the little steel balls spilling all over the floor and you're losing all your money as it goes across the, the parlor, the casino, whatever they call it over there. Those that have been to Japan know what I'm talking about. Or you've seen Lost in Translation. Just watch that. It's like being in Japan. <laughs> you, you watch it, you're like, wow, that was weird. Yep. yep. You went to Japan. Perfect. Good for you. Thanks for being here, folks. We are taking a week off. We will probably still have a replay show for you, an encore presentation of our program, available next week for download. And if you listened to last week's show, you are disappointed in the audio. We did upload a file later. You can re-download if you were confused. If not, we're just sorry. It was blog talk, not us. But thanks for a good week here on the program. We'll see you in two weeks on the Net Live.
You can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.